Booby Traps for the Lord. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City, Dane DeLorean. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. That's why his body fell apart. <laughs> None of this is good. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, f- them studies. I want my weed. Is that beef? Nah, niggas, weed. Because I will be on top of it this whole time. Oh my god, yes. Anyone else hard? So hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Excuse me? What? Uh, you heard. Nobody stuttered. It's all real, it's all true, it's all here, it's all for you. It is episode 288 of Bowl After Bowl. On this beautiful December evening. December 12th, in fact, of 2023. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And you're in the bowl. Welcome. How we doing? Doing all right. And how we doing? Because it's Tuesday night. It is. It's Tuesday night. And uh, I'm feeling all right. I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling all right. Shouts out to No Agenda Nation. If you're listening on the No Agenda live stream, we love having you. Uh, shouts out to all the bowlers there on stream.bowlafterbowl.com where we stream live every single Tuesday night. Uh, whether we feel all right or we have to just fake it till we make it. <laughs> yeah. As has been sometimes the case. But hey, tonight, you know, it's, it's all good. Tonight it's all good. What can we say? We're doing the damn thing. And uh, sometimes that's about as good as you can ask for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. I've got quite the shit stain segment tonight. Oh, man. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm rubbing my hands. I'm uh, salivating. Come on. It's, it's going to be a Lorian-involved cocaine shit stain. Mm. Can you believe it, Bullers? Uh, recaps, recaps. Let's see. We made it through team. That was nice. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Taught that seemed that, like a rough uh, blast. Taught that for the first time ever. Which is just like, I don't know, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I can prep a lot or a little bit and it doesn't really make a big difference. Like I have to get in there and just know from experience what's going on. And until you've done it, you haven't done it. Now that I've done it, I I got through it. Nobody believes I was able to do it. I got the receipts though. I got it done. Got it done. Uh, So that's nice. The girls have had a blast over this past week. Oh, definitely. They're now in the little aerial silks class together. Well, tell me about last Thursday. You took them to a little trial. I did. So you, Trial run of the class. You were on the uh, homegrown hits. That's with, right. I was in the hitter. In the hitter with no backup. Yeah. Which was cool. It was cool. I knew you'd be totally fine. I was fine. More than fun. I was great. Yeah, you thrived. It was a great show. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's it's better with no safety net, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. 
Because then, you know, you just, you, you just have, have to. to go. You have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. I guess my mic output is still a little low, so I got to work on that. But mm, yeah. otherwise, great. Little things, you know, little things. Yeah. And Mary-Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper had a great lineup of songs ready. It was an awesome one. Getting everyone in the Christmas spirit. Totally. Yeah, I listened to most of that. Uh, although I was kind of involved. I took the girls to a trial class so they could test out this new uh, aerial yoga place, whatever, whatever they do. So they have like a little obstacle course they set up in the room. And um, it's cool if you're in the lobby in the waiting room, you can like watch them on this little camera from downstairs. It's kind of fun just to see them all having fun and doing the thing. And then they do some silks tricks and then they do this like cocoon time kind of wind down at the end. They get in a little uh, hammock cocoon. And nice. They do like a guided meditation and a uh, aromatherapy situation going on. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, like have these smelly smells. They're drugging the kids. So, so yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> What's that smell like? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were like definitely wanting to do it again and again forever. So we signed them up. What the hell? Well, and it was a trial too, so that the teachers could see if they were a good fit. It seemed like it kind of worked both ways. Yeah, the thing about it is technically C is not quite old enough because the threshold is five. It's like a f- class for five to seven, ages five to seven. And um, there was one kid there that had just turned four and his parents were like asking about the exception thing because their schedule didn't work out for the young kid class. Because they have classes for all ages, right? But like, I don't want to split them up and take them to two different classes. Right. They have this Saturday morning one that's perfect that they could both go to as long as she is allowed in, given an exception, you know? Yeah. So anyway, there's this boy who had just turned four, and I guess he didn't really do that great. <laughs> you said he reminded you of our two-year-old. <laughs> uh, just a little bit hard to focus, you know? Trying to do his own thing and not really listening to directions mm. super well. Rough. And so, you know, the the teacher lady... It's like, eh, I don't think so. Maybe try again later, you know? Give yourself some time, son. Yeah. And then I was kind of like w- w- hanging around, you know, to also ask a question. She came up to me and was like, and you? I was like, well, I kind of had the same question <laughs> for Cena. She was like, when, when did she turn five? February 2nd. Yeah, coming up. Like right around the corner. And then she turned to one of the aides that she had. She was like, how did she do? Oh, she was great. She did all the stuff, you know? So they let her in. Thank God. <laughs> that would have been a bummer if they didn't. Yeah, it would have been pretty awkward. What would have been a bigger bummer, though, is if two kids hadn't shown up and they weren't able to do the trial class at all. Yeah. Because apparently there was a sign-up sheet that I missed. I texted you while uh, you I was were, prepping for homegrown You hands. were like 10 minutes to showtime, and I was like, did you sign them up because they're not on any list? Yeah. But yeah, <sighs> there was like four no-shows, so there was room for them. Thank goodness. Yeah, so that's cool. That's rocking. Yeah. Friday it, was uh, rocking, too. Friday was rocking. What a fantastic time. We had a Bowls with Buds with our old buddy, Micah Rock and Roll, who was uh, making his second bowl sesh. And uh, it was timely because he has just published Orange Flavor, his new comic book. And my copy had not arrived in the mail. Our copy had not come to the bowl during showtime last Friday, but it did come yesterday, right? Yep. Well, our neighbor told us that he had it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 
So it went to the wrong house, but... We stuck up Sody for it once, too. That's right. And also, we bought one value for value, a digital copy. Yeepers. Because you can go to orangeflavor.fun and get yourself a copy, value for value. That's right. Value for value digital copies available at orangeflavor.fun. It's a really great comic. You've got cute anime girls exposing government corruption. You've got uh, basically 10 little comics. One is kind of a longer feature length called uh, Poor, is kind of the short title, or the long title is It Was the 90s in Upstate New York and We Were Poor, (laughs) Uh, which is just kind of a little dramatization of Micah's childhood, which is fun. It's a good one. It's like the first half of the comic, kind of. And... it's great. It's good stuff. Whole thing's great. The nihilism processing plant one. Yeah, the nihilist processing facility That's at hilarious. the end is great. Fantastic. And there's a great educational bulletin board in there, too. What I love about this is Micah actually drew little arrows and taped them, like little sticky note arrows, and sticky noted them to the two little Easter eggs that he put in for us. One is yeah. the bowl after bowl graffiti on the ice machine on the front cover. And two is the subscribe to Homegrown Hits sat stream right to the artists that's kind of scrawled on the bulletin board. That's right. So he's got little, little, uh, hey, check it out type arrows stuck in here for us, which I'm going to keep on there forever. Yeah. On my physical copy. That's a part of it now. I love it. It's now in the bowl. Right here in the flesh. So thanks again, Micah. If you want to check that out, bowlswithbuds.com has that in all of the Bulls with Buds interviews we've done over the uh, past couple of years, couple few years. That's right. And it's in the show notes, too, if you're lazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's linked. Lorian takes care of linking it, so you can just click one click. People like to click one time, you know, and just get there. So there you have it. There you have it. Uh, That was kick-ass. That was killer. Then Saturday morning. Saturday morning. The girls had their official first class together for the aerial silks yeah they did the thing they did the thing we went to an antique store after and saw so many mushroom things yeah you had like a mushroom boner yeah a couple of pieces you'd never seen before well just walking by looking in the window i saw the merry mushroom planter with the chain to hang it so it was all complete and i like pulled on your shirt like a child and i was like the planter. They have the planter. I gotta go get it. And I went in there. And, of course, it's an antique mall, so everything was priced for retail for sure. Mm. And that planter was going for a $92 fee. So I thought, well, I'll pass on that. That's a little <laughs> out of my budget, you know. Right. More of a thrift score, lady myself. Yeah. But, boy, you're like oh those, boy. Uh, you're like those mushroom pickers guys, you know? Yeah. You're like, no, I've got to, I've got to get out. You know, that's retail. I've got to get. (laughs) I am. I am the pickers guy when it comes to the mushrooms. That's retail. It's retail. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to get my money and not out of it too, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, oh my gosh, there were just so many mushrooms. This place was full of them. It was Shroomsville. And there was a rotating cookie jar with Three different pieces. It was on a Lazy Susan, all hand-painted. One of the Arnold's pieces from the 70s. That was really cool, but oh, 75 bucks for that. And then they had, the piece I hadn't seen before was the complete set of Merry Mushroom utensils. 
with the wall hanger, which had the little logo on it. And I looked and it was 50 bucks. And I'm like, 50 bucks for all these utensils? You know, we got a potato smasher and a soup ladle and all this stuff. Okay, that's great. Well, then I get a little closer and every single utensil was priced individually and 50 was just for the hanging rack. So then it was like 25 for the ladle and 20 for the masher. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. I just had to get out of there. It was fun to look around though. You got yeah. some albums. I got a few records. That were a good number. I did want to get one just like for the purposes of MK Ultra uh f- morbid fascination they had the uh, original mickey mouseketeers oh my goodness <laughs> vinyl you know with all of the fucking uh, uh victims oh yeah uh, jt and britney and uh christina aguilera and all of the fucking whoever was a mouseketeer there's like a, an astounding number of people in there the who's who of mouseketiddles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I couldn't pass it. I was like, shit, I've never seen this before. Uh, I might need this. Uh, and I can't even remember the other ones. I think well, there was, one was a Canned Heat, right? Um, yep. And Censored Songs from the Hills or something. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a compilation album of some kind of uh, country folk, uh, borderline looty stuff. Yeah, that'll be a fun listen. It was kind of like a body comedy album i don't know how censored they're gonna be but we'll see i I find that a lot of these records are like you know promise a little bit more edginess than they can deliver but uh that's me i'm a child of the internet i'm desensitized yep what can i say (laughs) not much not much nothing shocking that's for sure no (laughs) nothing you haven't heard before bowlers um what else sunday was uh D D campaign oh yeah and then I just fucking, while I was over there, I just started feeling like hammered dog shit. I don't know what it was, but man. Well. It took me out. Yeah. Two-year-old was, like, was sick Sunday morning, so that, and that was a lot of cleaning up. I went, and then you were wrecked when you came home. Yeah, I went to bed so early. It was silly. So I started my tea regimen that night, <laughs> strictly. Mm-hmm. Honey, lemon, hot water. You got to do it. Yeah, Don't sound the your, alarm. Yeah. <laughs> Drink the hot liquids. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you went to bed early that night. And then yesterday, um, our, the four-year-old was sick with Mm -hmm. a fever. And then I felt like crap going to bed, but I just, I don't know. It was a lot of head pain. Yep. But no congestion and no fever. So it went away. It was just like a 12 hour ride of misery. (laughs) Yeah. Slept it right off. Uh, and then, yeah, we had to miss hyperspace out. I know. God. It killed me inside. Because you don't feel good already, which already yeah, sucks. And then you're missing out you on the, the fun, so you get you, the FOMO. You have the migraine plus the FOMO equals just, uh, yeah. But we're all fine today. At, you, at least you get, you know, to kick it with Mary-Kate Ultra on Thursdays. That's true, and you always join the post-show. So I try okay. to slip in. I try to slip in. Um, Yeah. Any big uh, crazy plans for this Thursday? Oh, lots of crazy plans as always. Good. A little uh, Mary Kate altering of your mind. <laughs> Lovely. We're bringing the holiday spirit back. That's right. It'll just be there pervasively in the hitter. Uh, speaking of the holiday spirit, we do have a holiday promo that is still ongoing. The 
2024 Lorian calendar giveaway. Yeah, it's lovely. You need it. You want it. It looks great on your wall. It's uh, definitely going to be a conversation piece, you know? Oh, definitely a conversation piece. Who's that naked lady <laughs> on your wall? Oh, just this lady. I don't know. It's wholesome smut, though. Wholesome smut. That's that's a great way to put it. Tasteful lewds and a few total nudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of implied nudes, including the front the calendar, cover. which you've, I think, teased in a toot. Is that what I hear? Yeah. Actually, I boosted that. I remember now. Yep. Just wanted everyone to know they can. They still have time to get I, their entry in. I lose track. I think I use about 9% of my brain when I get on Mastodon, so, you know, you can't take me too seriously on there. Uh, because I'm even more retarded uh, when reduced to 200 characters or whatever the fuck we have to work with over there. Oh, it's hard to get much across in a toot. It's tough. It's tough to communicate effectively, you know? Yeah. Especially I'm, when you're just like a fucking dry, sarcastic bastard like myself. You know, I'm just fucking. Yeah. And sometimes I pick mostly up on. I'm, mostly I'm just looking at what CSB has tooted lately and uh, just flipping him a little bit of uh, friendly shit about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you see what he said today? That was it about poo tube. Complete bait, man. Total yeah, of bait. course. Total bait. He was just being a little cunty cunt. <laughs> like he accuses everyone else of being. <laughs> We all know who it really is. <laughs> oh, but that's man. why we love him. It is why we love him. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, you are going to love this calendar. If you are someone that needs a little inspiration to use a calendar throughout 2024, get yourself this copy. All you have to do is mention the calendar in a boost or a fiat fun coupon donation. And I will write your name down on a piece of paper, put it in my Santa hat and do a drawing. Next week, we'll announce the winner on the next bowl. Yeah, and there you go. So you it'll got, probably already be out in the mail. You got one more week to get it in. Um, and then we will do the, do the drawing. You'll, you'll record it. Yes. I'll, I'll record you drawing it. Yeah. Completely transparent. <laughs> maybe you can wear your transparent uh, December outfit. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Look at that one. Oh. It's a pretty good one. It's a great one. Yeah, it's a fun outfit. Uh, we could even draw from the naughty nice hat. Who knows? We, Who knows? We, we just uh, we just fly by a sea of our pants around here. Ideas come, and sometimes we execute them, and sometimes we half bake them. What can we say? This is the bull. This is how things go. A lot of pipe dreams for others to fulfill. That's right. We just, we just float them out there. Send up the smoke signals. <laughs> uh, last night. See, I don't really. Uh, I've been way off of my uh, live listening schedule. Just because work has been pretty silly as of late, and there's a lot of grading, because two different oh. tracks are coming to the end, and they're doing finals, and so everybody's kind of like <laughs> cramming their last minute projects together, and then, you know, who has to grade them? It's supposed to be spread out all across your whole time in the course, right? But a lot of people just leave it to the end, and then there's this big bottleneck of grading fucking projects that has to come down. And it's taking a lot of night time away, but I did get... Uh, my Monday night and last night, which was a lot of fun. We had a uh, hot Santa on hog story. That was funny. Nice. Uh, and then the triumphant return of lavish. Yes. Very good to hear him uh, back. And, uh, and love and light to that man. Absolutely. We send some love over to lavish's way and his family. And it was really great to hear him back, uh, getting behind those schemes once again. Uh, also speaking of our stream brethren, uh, I want to send a congratulations to MMO 
the Millennial Media Offensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan and John had their 100th episode earlier today on this very stream. So cheers to you guys. Cheers. Big time cheers. Big hundo. Big hundo. We'll have to do a make good on your 100 thrusts. I've been fucking underwater. <laughs> they wait. Uh, I think John would probably fire a rocket at my house if I tried to send that in. Uh, yeah, and my sats aren't going in or out, so. <laughs> yeah, we've got some uh, some notes. Plenty of material for later. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, anything else you want to mention? I think that about covers it. Covers it all the way up to giving a big warm thank you to all of you bowlers out there who keep this ball rolling down the lanes every single week. It's a little bit of value for value. That's how we operate around here. We put the show out. We've been doing it week after week, bowl after bowl. And uh, no weird ads, no chasing corporate sponsorships all the time. Uh, like when I go and um, visit the hemp shop, guys are always like, oh, you should talk to this paper guy, get a sponsorship. Maybe Ugh. he'll give you like a bunch of free stuff, right? And I always just have to explain, like, I'm some alien from another planet. Like, nah, you know, we don't really do that, though. Because, like, then, you know, you'd like, I just don't want to get on the microphone and, uh... Chill. Suck somebody's dick for a free product, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... I'm only sucking one dick these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Transparently. Transparently. <laughs> my co-host. We're just trying to be transparent. That's all. Uh, and so it keeps us out of the weirdness, the ickiness, the goofiness. It allows us to say what we want to say. It also allows us to refrain from saying what we don't want to say. And it allows you, the bowlers, to really be invested in the whole thing and have a piece of the value action. Be actual producers of the show. It works out a lot. And uh, I have tended to find, over my experience as a producer of other lovely projects and podcasts and such that uh, the more value I put in, the more I seem to get out. And this is uh, what we find is the case often. So we like to thank people for the value contributions right up front in the show, starting with our PayPal uh, donations. You can find the donate button at the bottom of every page of bullafterbull.com. It's down there in the footer. You can click donate and you can do a one-time thingy maboob and send in a, a little note. Or you can set up a monthly recurring stonation, which uh, both are very much appreciated and help us out a lot. We did have two uh, kind of hefty contributions this week, which is very helpful. We're um, back in there. I, th I was getting to the edge. I was like, oh, I might have to uh, make my own bowl after bowl contribution. But we are saved. We are saved by these two bowlers here. The first is... The infamous Gummy Nerds. Gummy Nerds. You know him. You love him. He sent in 2222. All right. Thank four, you. Four ducks, two on each side of the dot there. Much appreciated. And he sent a note. He says, Bowl after bowl is great. I'm excited to see your calendar, especially after seeing the teaser boost on No Agenda Social. Thanks for all you both do. Love is light. Gummy Nerds. Well, thank you, Gummy Nerds. It is much appreciated. And yes. uh, you're on the list. You're in the entry. You're in the calendar entry. By the way, please, uh, bowlers out there who might be listening, if you uh, entered the contest through some boost, we are going to try our best to kind of uh, reconstruct this past week's boost, but it will be with some 
difficulty and some challenge because, uh, well, we've been fixing a node and we'll talk all about it here in just a bit. But um, really the the calendar promo is going like this. If you made any contribution, any value contribution in the month of December and you wish to opt into the calendar contest, um, you can just shoot me an email, Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Drop a line, or you can just hop in the chat. You can hop in the IRC. You can say, "Hey, uh, I sent something in. I want to be. I want my name to be in that hat, and uh, we'll put it in that hat for you." Yes, I have a list of four right now, currently, and I just want to make sure that I'm not uh, missing anybody because that would be awkward, and I'm just not that good at awkward. I should get better at awkward because I find myself there a lot. But hey, did you put gummy nerds on the list? I did. All right, cool. He's on there. Um, we also had the Baron of Rotterdam come in. All right. Big time. Uh, 50 doll hairs. Wow. Thank you, Baron. 50 USD to the PayPal. Very much appreciated. He says calendar contest entry. It seems like my boost totally and utterly failed. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. probably it's most, our fault. It's mostly our fault. Let's be honest. And, uh, for that, we are sorry. Uh, but. He also says, this time I will send it the old-fashioned way with good old Fiat. Merry Christmas, Oistenberg. No, oh, Oistenberg. Or Oistenberger. Uh, I need a pronunciation guide. I am not a Dutchman. Uh, I didn't even play one on TV, so <laughs> I don't know exactly the pronunciation. And I, I really know the follow-up, he would say. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. And I have. But... It just, it's not, I'm not a good pronunciator. Not a good pronunciator. So, pronunciation guide, whatever. You are on the list, though, my friend. Yeah. You were on the list. Uh, so, by the way, it's Fergus33 and Dotard's head. Thank you. As of right meow. So, if I have missed you, it is not because I hate you. It is not because I'm an evil man. It is because I'm a big, fat, dumb, dumb. <laughs> and uh, not incredibly organized. And usually this kind of shit hits the fan when you want to do some promo or contest or something, right? Like, it just makes sense. Yeah, that's how it goes. In fact, as we would say, it makes nothing but sense, right? Yeah. Nothing but sense. Oyston Bear, says Sir Scandinavian. Oyston Bear. On NAS. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, if anybody knows exactly what the hell is going on, it's Sir Scandinavian. That I can tell you. Uh, and he can get it across very clearly and succinctly on NAS every time. Every time. Every time. I have, the, up, <laughs> I have the utmost confidence. Uh, I did want to look up, here's how I'm going to try and do this, right? Because I wanted to discuss having a backup plan and what that looks like to a kind of a caveman guy who's just been running his own node. And uh, what I've done... Uh, over the past, actually, I think it's been like two weeks at least, maybe three, is I've put in my Albi as the backup destination for splits. So I'm still getting them and they're still coming through. Uh, the problem with Albi, crazily enough, is that uh, it's just, there's not very much of a history. So like with streamed sats, I can scroll down and my history ends two days ago. Ooh. Another thing that bums me out about the Albi wallet is you can click on these sats and uh, what you get is you get a date and time, you get a podcast name, you get an episode, you get a note if there's a note. You do not get a, re, uh, a sender name. You do not get a podcast app where it came from. 
which is kind of a bummer, you know? Like, these are all in the TLV records. They're in there. Yeah, that um, is a bummer. But, you know, this is, again, I point out to you bowlers, this is the peril of uh, running so- on somebody else's node. Like, if it was mine, I could just go back and put a CSV out from a helipad, and I could, like, comb through the history of the transactions, but it's not my node, so I don't really have access now, I do know there's some kind of weird stat thing that integrates with Albi that they use, and I don't know if that surfaces maybe more information. Like I said, I'm, I've never really had to rely on that as a recipient on the Albi side. It's strictly been a backup situation for me, so I'm probably doing it wrong. But, uh, you know, I just got this feeling like, wow, if my mom had to do this, she'd be so confused. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, kind of. I, no one ever thinks about their dad. Well, you know, my dad's a fucking genius, so he'll, oh. he'll figure it out. My mom, though, she might need some uh, assistance is all. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm <laughs> not trying to be rude about it. Okay. That's all. I'm trying to stand up for the moms out there. <laughs> I'm sick of us getting a bad rap. Somebody's got to. Yeah. Somebody's got to. Uh, the boost bot on Mastodon. This thing seems to just now be throwing up the leaderboard and not individual boost. Is that right? Is that the new thing that BoostBot does on, on Mastodon? Because I'm scrolling through the BoostBot history and the last individual boost I see is all the way back on November 22nd. Mm. This from, is a question for C-dubs. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I am looking at boosts and replies, trying to kind of reverse engineer this thing. You also did have some action on Helipad before... Uh, your exit. Yes. It's all gone now. And uh, if we pull your helipad up right now... It's all gone. There's like, no data to show yet because you're right. resyncing lightning. I'm, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, just wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Another thing uh, that I thought about doing is zooming up through the chat to uh, oh, yeah. find any BooSpot chat notifications because C-Dubs was kind enough to slip the BooSpot into here. And Boostbot grabs us uh, some of those some of those boosts as they come in, while Boost After Boost is still on sabbatical. Uh, by the way, he's trying to come back. Boost After Boost, he got on the plane, uh, and then he said there was something about a like legacy install fail when he was trying to get back across the uh, international boundaries. There, I don't know what it's all about. Like I was like, man, I'm gonna have to Google. I'm gonna have to look stuff up. Some package, he was saying, is deprecated, and that means, I don't know, how Pip installs it with Python. He doesn't realize I don't know what he's talking about. He thinks I know all this Python stuff, right? I'm just a pedestrian. Everybody's like, yeah, right, you know. Like, no, really, this is the, this is the situation here. This is the situation. Uh, I am scrolling back. I'm seeing Micah and uh, our Friday night situation. And I'm going back for the, for the, for the. We do have a boost from uh, Dotard Ted. And I'm not, I'm trying to find a date stamp here in the lounge. Ah, yes, 6 December. That would have been the day after, right? So that's the night. You know what? I've got um, Fountain pulled up, and I'm just looking at the activity under the last episode. Ooh, that's smart. That's the Fountain boost, at least. Yeah, it's... Some of the boosts. Because I see Mary-Kate Ultra. Yes. I see Mary-Kate Ultra coming in at uh, 198 sets. 
Well, that's... But this is just boost bot split, right? Yeah. So on Fountain, I'm seeing the whole Mary Kate Ultra boosted 20,000 sacks. That's more like it. Thank you, Mary Kate Ultra. I've got a foot day for you. It's the foot day jingle. Something is afoot and it's Mary Kate Ultra. She boosted 20,000. She said, this goes out to all you serfs. Boost this show, forfeit your peasant card, and then just maybe you'll be deserving, a de- the deserving owner of a beautiful and luxurious DeLorean calendar. Until then, bow down to my superior riches. Thanks, guys. Heart. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Mary-Kate Ultra, uh, she already has a copy. Look at that. That's right. She's a special lass. So she doesn't have to worry and, and fret about being drawn. Uh, lucky her, I guess. Lucky her. Uh, Colin B came through. Yes. He boosted how much? Because I'm only seeing again. 69, 69. Ooh, 69, 69, dude. He said, I'll come onto the bowl. Oh, I'll come onto the bud, he says. Anytime. <laughs> Would be an honor. <laughs> you got to ask the bud if he's all right with that first. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> many buds are. It's just, you know, you got to make sure. You got to make sure first. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get you on here eventually. Uh, no doubt. Bring your chili. You're not going to want to set it down. Uh, next up, Dotarted. Yeah, with 69, 69, sucks. 69, 69, dudes! That's also from Fountain. He says, uh, boosted specifically for Spencer. Well, thank you. He says, because you're special too. And then he's got a side-eye sly smile. <laughs> and then the busting up laughing emoji. Okay. Please add me to the list for IRC premium contest. <laughs> uh, I can hardly wait. Lovely Lorian Rose, you're always special. Shucks. You're always Thanks, Teddy. Always special. I need to get I think some that's what he meant. Teddy, but I am always special. Teddy. Yeah, I need more Teddy drops. Teddy. 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 Uh yes, thank you. Dotar Ted. And do you see the big ol' Ostin bear? Uh, I did not, and he was having trouble jamming that through. That's totally our fault. I don't. It, it might, you know what? I though, probably have to keep scrolling, huh? With a big baller boost like this, it might not be totally our fault. I, our nodes. Well, were off. it. Uh, it did, I'm not. It, it sure. did involve the big F word, right? Yes. Fountain. Yes. yes. Fountain. Fm. Yeah. Uh, a uh, an app that's always on the edge with the scissors, and uh, goddamn, how many. Uh, pomp dollars does it take to get a uh, baller boost through? <laughs> that's that's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, you probably should hit him up for some more. That's my advice. Uh, 420 sets. Oh, that was me saying testaroo. Well, can I read his boost? Oh, yes, please. I'm so, sorry. I didn't mean to. Austin Bears uh, boosted 80,085 sets. A big old boobs boost. And he said, calendar contest entry... This should cover the shipping cost to the Netherlands if I should be so lucky to win because I want to see DeLorean's boobs with or without clothes. Does not matter. <laughs> Greetings from the perv of Rotterdam. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, sir. Uh, based and boob-pilled. Yes, and you are on the list. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! Well, we've got uh, boobs of all varieties. Clothed, slightly clothed, totally unclothed. They're all in there. Yes. Milk filled, 
not milk filled. <laughs> They're in all states, shapes, and sizes. That's true. Um, from big up, from big on up. <laughs> um, yes, I'm. I'm still scrolling, still scrolling. We had a. I'm very excited to hear pins falling tonight, though. Let me tell you, isn't that nice? Isn't it's, that refreshing? We we've got all yes. the all the boosts coming in tonight, and for the live, you're hearing the pins smacking. We are back in action. It is very nice. We had a week of awkwardness, mm-hmm. an awkward week, which uh, happens to us from time to time. You know? Oh, you know what? Boom! There's that uh, boost. I'm just now scrolling by it. Nice. The eight oh eight five. So Boostbot got his cut. Which is the important part. Yeah. Got to feed the boost bot. Because he's in here working hard. You know, passing us the boosts. It's true. Um, we also had a lot of little chat discussion about how big boosts are faring in Fountain. Uh, fairly not so well. Yeah. This has been going on for quite a while now. Yeah. Months. 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 Oh, still no answer on that. But hey, I've kind of given up uh, begging about it. So Begging. Uh, just keep an eye on it, bowlers. If you're trying to jam a big boost through Fountain, you might want to check the splits and just make sure everything uh, is green on the splits. Kind of like a CSB toot. He will take a screen cap and say, all splits green. This is good. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, that means everyone got their boost through. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the cool part is if it doesn't go through, it doesn't leave your wallet. That's true. Yeah, so. there's no in-between where your sats can be stuck I've had this question a lot, like, okay, so if I send a boost, but then it didn't come out the other end, like, where is it? Is Fountain have it? Is it stuck somewhere in the Lightning Network? And the answer is no. A boost is a binary situation where you try to make a payment and it either went or it didn't go. And if it didn't go, it's still sitting in your wallet. So nothing to worry about there. There is no limbo in which it can be caught, which is kind of cool. Uh, we did have some Micah rock and roll boosts that I'm scrolling by because uh, on yeah. Friday, some bowlers helped us out with the live show. That was a great one. And that takes us up to the current now times, which uh, started with me doing some tests. Testables, testicles. I sent them from a couple places. Uh, Fountain can get us 420 sats at least. <laughs> All right. So we've, we've got that going for us. Uh, 4269 sats came in from Harv Hat. He always hits us with that uh, live item going live. Thank you, Harv Hat. Which we much appreciate. He hit us this time from Curio Caster. He's one of those guys who likes to hop around, use different wallets, uh, boost with different tools. That's what I like. Smart. I like using several things. Not only does it you know, give you a better idea of how to use the network in the situation, but you just kind of have backups because some of these things stop working all of a sudden, and then you're going to need another way. Yeah. Can't yes. Just, can't just rely on only one way. Is what you know. If you if you only have one road to your destination and that road's closed, you're fucked, right? Yep. And uh, the bowlers can't be fucked without consent. Uh bowling bowling balls live right there. Some pins knocking down as I'm reading this. I love to hear it. Hey, citizen sent us a test boost from Podverse, which said test boost. Uh, test boost received, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, citizen. Uh he also had a sixty nine sixty nine. This also came from Podburst. This is a Podburst, did I just say? (laughs) Podverse. They should put on some kind of a summer conference festival that's called Podburst. Podverse, Podburst. (laughs) It made me picture a bunch of like insect pods bursting open and all these like (laughs) larvae coming out. (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I went, but okay. Uh, That's where, that's, that's interesting. Let's play the, uh, 
Freudian association game. Bursting. Uh, bursting with YOLO boost. Appreciate you, hey, citizen. YOLO. He's yellowing. Uh, 8888. That's coming from Bowley Steed. Bowley Steed. The Grady, great, Grady, great Bowley Steed. Out of Podverse again. She's pod bursting us. Uh, <laughs> she says, Sheet stain boost. Missed y'all in the Jackbox. Oh, I Aww. know. I'm so sorry. We missed you too. Yeah, definitely. We missed all you fine, lovely peoples that we usually hang out with every other Saturday or every other Sunday. Excuse me. Uh, hyperspace out. You guys want to try it out? You guys will try it out. We were there in spirit. Definitely. My tormented spirit was there. I try. I tr- promise. You were down Sunday night, and then I was down last night. Just having the so fever dreams. I didn't get to have any fun. <laughs> Mom, I, I just the, want fun. I miss the hot Santas. Miss the hot Santas. So yeah. Well, that's the beauty about podcasting too. Is if you miss the live, you can always re-listen in that's your favorite true. in your favorite podcast app. Uh, next up, sixty-nine, sixty-nine stats. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. This is from Hey Citizen out of Podverse with a very important request. He says, "Can you upgrade my IRC premium to the IRC Nitro tier?" <laughs> uh, let's see. That's a sixty-nine, sixty-nine. He yoloed another sixty-nine, sixty-nine. I think that the test for twenty boost does put you over into uh, Nitro IRC Nitro tier territory. So, yes, sir, I will make that note right away. <laughs> nitro. Hey Citizen, gone full Nitro. Hey Citizen, are you on the calendar list? Yeah, would you like my boobs behind you somewhere? <laughs> on the wall, perhaps? Yeah. Don't be coy about it. I need a yes or no. <laughs> it's just true. Um, uh, we, just just wondering. Give it to us blunt. Is that the uh, IRC premium subscription that you're referring to? Because we can make it very premium. That's all I'm saying. Nitro titty tier. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. This can't be true. 4,200 4, sats out of Podverse from Fairy Oscar. <laughs> Two minutes ago, uh, boosting the live show, and uh, there's just a simple note that says, fuck Fountain. Yep. Well, uh, you know. Thank you for the boost and the sats. Good booster. Uh, <laughs> fairy, thank you. Fairy. We appreciate uh, my fairy king. He rides the air. He can see things that are not there for you and me. Ooh, yeah. My fairy king. That's a new booster on the scene. Well, we always appreciate new boosters coming along, so thank you very much. And I bet they have great things to say about Podverse. Uh, it seems that way. Since that's where they that boosted way. from. Uh, they tr- bursted onto the bowl from Podverse. Uh, booster, try to do smaller boosts and a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I seem to have uh, got 420 sets to work just a little bit ago, so <laughs> what can I tell you? What can I tell you? I'm sorry. Uh, to hear that uh, new booster from Podverse. <laughs> Send us a picture to 816-607-3663. Just show us on the doll uh, where Fountain hurt you, and we will public service announce that to the world. <laughs> Super hot energy coming through. Woo! Leaning in, leaning in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hey, Citizen is saying that uh, these things show up on... Get Albie.com slash dashboard. There's a dashboard. Dash at all. I don't know about all this. I'm trying to peek at it really quick uh, just to see. Oh, there's a next button. So it's paginated on the dashboard. Look at that. Uh, Leap boosting Micah. I'm glad I did this. Thank you. Hey, citizen. I appreciate that. 
uh, Elite Boosting Micah says, Memes Elite. Look at that. They even have a cinder name over here on the dashboard. Oh, so wow, a dashboard? I knew that couldn't have been right. You know what I mean? Like, not having a cinder name. Yeah, so Elite Boost Micah says, Memes Elite, spreading the word of decentralized Noster. Uh, Memes Elite, I think, has totally abandoned his, uh, his, what do you call it, Mastodon account. Because his memes were, I think, perceived as not being appreciated. Oh. And he has uh, kind of dove in fully to the Noster thing where I think they're more open and accepting of his memes and he can even get zaps for them. How about that? So Value. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I don't like this Tower of Babel tribalist bullshit. I really like, um, I first of all love options. Yeah. I like to have a lot of different options. And I like to imagine that, like, you know, we can all fucking somewhat coexist on the on the earth, <laughs> you know, moving forward. Um, I, I bitch about this all the time in development where you finally meet a developer and um, you're like very excited that you both develop for the web until you learn what like stack that each of you use. And, uh, oh, you're a Rastafarian and I'm a fucking JavaScript guy. So now we have to be enemies. It's like, you know, we can, we can coexist. We, we should like my ideal podcast app integrates Nostra and podcasting 2.0, like yeah together. And people immediately are like, well, you can't uh, send us app every minute. And they're like, yeah, well then you wouldn't do that. Right. You'd send a key send payment every minute, but then you'd also be able to zap the Nostra to, to like post, right? Like that's fine. Like, you have the things that Noster can't do covered by podcasting 2.0. And then you also have Noster shit in there. To, like, you know, you tell me you can't do both. Like, I know for a fact you can do both because I've seen it. That's all. That's all. You maybe just not streaming per minute the zaps. Like, that's totally fine. That seems cumbersome. It seems like a bad protocol to choose for per minute streaming. And so you wouldn't do that. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a fucking tangent. It's easy for me to get distracted on some retarded shit. I'm just trying to click through and see if there's any other, uh, sort of messages like this that I may have missed. And it does not seem like there is. I'm all the way back to 5th of December. So we're good to go. Good to go. Thank you so much, everybody. There was another boost that rolled through the support. I did. I heard it. Oh, okay, cool. this is going to be controversial. So, uh, apologies to the chat, but there's 8989 sats from Piranesi. All right. Thanks, Piranesi. Out of Fountain. So there you have it. We can get at least 89, 89 sats out of Fountain. This could almost turn into a contest of like, how big can the boost get until it doesn't work in Fountain? Mm. We can really dial it in. Because I know once you hit that six figures, like forget about it, it's not going to work. I think that's pretty, I can say that with uh, a pretty confident kind of, uh, kind of stance. But 89, 89, see that's, you know, that's, that's not nothing. It's a good little chunk. It's true. I mean, we are in a world here where you can't even get 2,500 sats for your dollar right now. Mm. So think about it. Think about it. Analyze it. I'm analyzing the shit out of it. We love you bowlers. We thank you so much for all the value you give to the show. You keep this thing rolling down the lanes every week, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. That much is absolutely clear by this point. And uh, we've got it turned on, tuned in throughout the show that Helipad is back slapping that's right at those pins it's a great sound it's a comforting sound it definitely is i didn't know how much i missed it till i heard it once oh. again it was hard to bowl without it so hard so hard <laughs>
Of course, there are other ways you can contribute value to the bowl. Simplest of all is just passing it to someone you know will enjoy it. You can also hop in the chat and bowl along with us at Pound Bowl After Bowl on the IRC at the Zero Node. And you can make art for us if you are feeling quite artistic. We always need chapter art, episode art, so all art is appreciated. Jingles, too. And you can also, also leave us a voicemail because every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever had to make that call. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play it without screening it, so anything goes here in the bowl. And you can also send a text message or a picture message anytime, day or night, live or in the future, between bowls. That's correct. You know, I've personally had some issues texting into some of the text lines a picture message. It does go through, but it, it takes sometimes hours. And sometimes they duplicate. Well, you know, in the case of Homegrown Hits, I did try probably at least a dozen times to send that oh, picture. So I received them all. If you got them <laughs> all, yeah, that was me just trying a hundred times. So sorry about that. It's okay. We've all been there. I just really wanted you to see my butt cheeks. I enjoyed seeing them all 12 <laughs> times. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't really get to see them. Oh, no, I know. Every second of the day. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in the other room. Well, yeah, when I'm doing homegrown hits, you're putting the bullets and the wolf cubs to bed. Mm -hmm. And then I'm all by myself, all lonesome. Yeah. So what can you do? Just take pictures of your butt cheeks. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> you got to entertain yourself somehow. <laughs> and so, uh, you know how else I entertain myself? How? By fixing a node. I'm fixing a node when my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling. Where it will go. Ah, yeah, we are fixing a node, huh? We're fixing a node. Uh, this is definitely still the on-chain, off-chain, so I don't want to give you blue balls on that. On-chain, off-chain, cooking, shifting. On-chain, off-chain, cooking, shifting. On-chain, off-chain, go. Streaming has pushed the ground. Make they really want to build a but that's the challenge, right? That's the challenge this week. We are going to try to dissect some of our journey here uh, with the node and still make you really want to build one. Oh, yeah. It's totally worth it. You think we can pull that off? I know we can. So uh, my node has been down for a few weeks now. Yeah, weeks. And not because... I've been just like hammering on it every day, but just because like I, I'm going to need a few hours of uninterrupted time to be able to sit down and uh, rebuild what I need to be rebuilding. Now, for my part, I have been threatening for probably almost a full year to transfer off of the Raspberry Pi situation and onto some sort of a better computer. Not something crazy souped up, but just a small factor form PC 
a small form factor PC, excuse me, just like a little mini computer. Uh, I happened to go with a Dell OptiPlex fucking, I don't know, 710 or some shit like that. I don't know exactly. I'd have to look it up. Okay. But it's got 16 gigs of RAM and a significantly better CPU than just a regular Raspberry Pi 4 which uh, the best one that you could get, at least at the time, was 8 gigs of RAM. I think the Pi 5s now, uh, people are kind of tweaking their titties about. They're, they're better, but still not a real computer, right? Um, and by real computer, I mean like a consumer desktop product. Okay. I was just about to ask a clarifying question. Yeah. <clears throat> it's meant for smaller tasks, dedicated tasks. And, you know, node running... Could definitely be one of them at a certain scale, okay? At a certain scale. But the moment you try to add any extra service, for for me, we had the chatbot on there. Boost after boost, right? Uh, C-dubs's boost IRC program. As soon as you do that, as soon as you are actually opening a significant number of channels to be able to route payments through... Anything that you're not just doing for personal use, but you actually are connecting to the network and you're facilitating other payments going through. I mean, I was routing uh, a, a decent number of payments every single week, right? Oh, yeah. So you got to be always online and you got to have connectivity and you got to be sending these forwards through. A pie just, it just does not have the stamina and the staying power, in my opinion, in my experience. It lacks the beef. It doesn't have the beef to really go through. Now, your situation, it really did. Yeah. It really did for the longest time. I mean, you had the notoriously best behaved node. You never had to fuck with it. It just always worked. You'd forward some payments, but mostly just receiving all the time. Right? Yeah. Reliable as fuck. Yep. For simple receive and send a few. So what happened? Well, last Wednesday, after bowl after bowl, Harv Hat let me know that my node was offline. And my node has been offline before. Sure. All I've had to do is uh, restart it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. a little off and on again. So I did the old off and on, and that didn't fix it. (laughs) Now what are you going to do? Well, now i got to start reading some things. and I feel the same way about the router. I don't know anything about networking. So, like, if unplugging it and plugging back in doesn't work, I'm fucked. Yeah. Well, I had a back channel message from Nam a while back when uh, this update came out on the Umbral, mm-hmm. uh, where he had written a code that helped or found a code that he ran that helped where it removed a corrupted data file. Oh, sure. Your peers.dat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or worthless. I don't know if it's worthless or corrupted or what, but you don't need it. So that fix, I was reading a lot, and that fix seemed to work for a lot of people. Well, the thing about because it, what it was being going worthless on? is when you kill it, it makes a new one. Gotcha. It's kind of like clearing a cache, sort of. Because what was going on? It just wasn't connecting. Yeah, so, like, the behavior I was... Like, most of this I've just watched over your shoulder. Like, I have not touched your node. No, I've been doing all of the... You've always... SSHing in. You've and, always ran your node, and uh, yeah. some people don't like either know or believe that or whatever, but like I don't fuck with your node. I never have. And that's probably why it's been up so often and like so flawlessly, right? Like I don't intervene. I don't tinker on it. I don't like that's yours. Yeah. And I've taken a mostly hands-off approach with my node. All it did was run helipad Mm -hmm. along with my, you know, 
having the blockchain synced on there and lightning synced. I had um, Thunderhub for creating channels. Sure. And I had electors on there, and I can't remember why. Ellen Bits was on there. So I started by deleting some of these things. Sure. And just for clarity, you asked me what was going on. Like, what I was seeing was you were trying to get into the lightning node, and it just was not loading up. It like wasn't it, loading at all, it wasn't, the lightning node. Yeah. It was It was like L&D was totally frozen or something. But... On, see, on Raspy Blitz, I know how to tail into the L&D logs, to the Bitcoin logs, to the Raspy Blitz service logs, those three different log files. I know where they're at. I can tail into them. I can kind of look and see what they're saying and, and get a general idea of what I need to fix or what's going on. Yeah. And Umbral uses Docker. Everything's Dockerized in there, and I don't... It was tricky to just find where things were located. Yeah. But... I found some Darth Coin advice, and Darth Coin is a prolific node runner. Based boy. So I followed a lot of what he had to say. I did run Nam's uh, suggested code, and as I had seen on a lot of the Umbral forums, and uh, restarted it. That didn't work. Uh, Lightning node would not sync. And um, these, and I was doing this in eight hour intervals. So that was one day. Yeah, eight hours, and. I got to a point where I thought, well, just, you know, I think I ended that day reflashing the SD. Mm. So I reflashed and thought, well, let's see if that fixes it. And it got stuck in a loop when it was trying to load up. Ugh. I think that was just the the blockchain, the yeah, Bitcoin that, blockchain. That was layer one. It kept on saying the same block height over and over and over <laughs> again. 819962. Yeah. <laughs> and have you got that pick six yet? <laughs> Oh no, you're I gonna, need to. You're gonna like do like a lost style lottery. There was a weird by. there was a weird error coming up that was saying like TRC password couldn't be found essentially. And so I found where that was. I found a blank document in there. It's not a document, it was a dot conf file. And it said, Well, you know, try adding a password in there and then it'll go there and find the password and punch it in. Yeah, that didn't work. So then, then I just undid that. When you added the password, then you were getting two lines yes. of password fail instead yeah. of just one, right? Passwords were failing left and right at that point because now it was confused, I guess. More confused than already. And so there's a, it, here goes another eight hours, right? So by the end of the night, I just decided, hey, I gotta just, I'm just going to resync the whole blockchain. Yeah, burn it to the ground and start over? Yes. And Harfat and Hey Citizen were there to hear the whole thing uh, <laughs> piece by piece. So it made a lot more sense then than me trying to re-put together. I really, next time this happens, I'm going to document step by step er the error and my attempted solution. Just so you all can hear how ridiculous it was. Because it was just one error after the other, after the other. And I was just stuck in this loop of nothing syncing and I couldn't get connected with lightning. So my helipad was two days old at this point in time. And, you know, a lot of folks, their first suggestion is, oh, we'll just nuke it. And I didn't want to nuke it. Yeah. I really be, didn't want to. It should be the absolute last resort. But it was, right? Like, I tried a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and here's my stupidity. Um, when I got to the point of nukeage, it's almost like I didn't realize I was nuking it because I was just deleting the apps. Okay, so Umbral, the UI, right? You've got these apps. Sure. Lightning node, helipad, Bitcoin node. That's what I've got going on right now. Mm -hmm. Bare minimum for right now because my lightning node is still 
Uh, recovering transactions. Ooh, it looks like it's really close it's to close. being done, huh? Yeah, it's at 19 days ago. Anyway, I, so I started deleting the apps. I wanted to just delete... Um, I just wanted to rethink the blockchain to start, but of course, everything dependent on that has to be deleted. So I deleted everything, and then I delete the blockchain and realized, oh, I just fucking nuked everything by doing that. Because it's not just like a front-facing app. It's like all the all the data is, you know, part of that installed little uh, button there. So everything goes with it. So then I was just stuck playing the sinking waiting game Yep. on a Raspberry Pi, not beefy at all. So it did. It took three days to sink the blockchain up to normal point. It moved pretty fast at first, and then you start getting to the ordinals times, and it really slows down, <laughs> yeah. I noticed. Around about 69% yeah. or so. The first five years of that uh, blockchain just fly by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was wonderful. There wasn't really a lot of block space being taken up back then. And anyways, and I had to use my magic words and get back in, and I hated that. And it makes me just want to, like, dump my own bro and start a new node completely. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so now here I am, uh, just waiting for the lightning node. I wanted to back up my channels because that's good maintenance practice. And, you know, when everything was all set, you would have your channels at the ready you know, so that everything's back to right where it was. Yep. However, because of the sinking error that was going on or the loop that my arm roll was stuck in, I could not get to my channels because I couldn't get to lightning. Like lightning was just totally unavailable. Mm. So I couldn't back up my channels. Yeah, that's a rough spot. Yeah. And I reflash, you know, and then I had to put the old one in because the reflash wasn't <laughs> working at all. And. I mean, the old one wasn't either, so I don't know. It's just been a lot of fun, you guys. A lot of fun. Well, when you were having your woes, I knew it was time to... Move your stuff to a beefier Get the fuck machine. going, right? Yeah. Stop putting it off. Like, Stop just saying, oh, it's fine. I got my Albi split, so you know, I'm still getting this edge. Like, I, I was like, God damn it. Like, we need... There's more than just sats coming through. Like, it's... A lot yeah. of the infrastructure for the show, like the fucking Boostergram sound is an important piece of this thing, you know? Exactly. The accurate helipad makes the show better, as you as you well, heard today. And, <laughs> and it's funny because with your raspy blitz down, we had been using my helipad. That's right. So the umbral was the the main node yeah. to See, reuse. And then that went down. It's like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And so it was kind of full panic You had mode. the start nine built, but not online. The Start 9 was online until I pulled the Ethernet cable out of it to put in your <laughs> your computer oh, you right. brought down here for Homegrown Hits. Uh, it's just a fucking disaster, you know? Everything is just fly by the seat of my pants. I got four kids to feed, running around, you know, getting to what I can get to. <laughs> but this had to be ultra emergency priority. So what I did on my side... Raspy Blitz, you guys, is still my favorite. Even though uh, when people are starting out, I still am like, eh, you know, Umbral and Start09, uh, or Start9 OS, those two systems, Umbral and Start9 OS, are easier to install by far. Uh, However, Start9 OS, you flash the thumbstick, you stick it in the computer, you boot from it, and it installs itself. With Umbral, you just load in 
any Debian machine or Ubuntu machine, you do one curl command. Yeah. And then you fire off the .sh shell. You know, you do like bash. Like you curl and then you bash and then it fucking is there. Yep. It's so. It's pretty much plug and play. Simple. It's so simple. But it's all Dockerized as shit. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of this weird middle ground where you're running your own node, but the code's already pre-compiled on Docker and in a container. And like, how do I fuck with that? I, I don't well, know. Well, if you're familiar with Docker. That's true. If you're, if maybe you're, that's great for you. If, you. if you're a docky boy. Yeah, and I'm definitely not a docky this, yeah. uh, <laughs> If this bolds a knockin', don't come a dockin'. That's all I have to say. But me over here on Rasp, uh, Raspy Blitz, I must say that the actually just biting off the goddamn thing and doing it was so simple. What I did was on the Optiplex, I just installed the latest, the latest uh, Debian distro. The latest? The, the absolute latest. Because you know me. Can't stay away. Uh, I got the latest Debian distro. And then... Um, I basically followed the instructions. Now, this is where it's not quite straightforward. You got to crawl around the GitHub and kind of guess for a while. And I wish, uh, but wishing is dumb. I take back my wish. Yeah, don't waste wishes. It would be nice if there already had been some kind of a simpler walkthrough of like, okay, you're a retard, so here's how you do it. Since you haven't been using Linux machines your whole life, you just kind of use them because you are a meme type of... Uh, node operator okay here's the step-by-step for you my friend but really the step-by-steps are more clearer for installing raspy blitz on a virtual machine than they are for just a regular debian install and so it turns out you can basically just follow those same instructions for uh if you're trying to just install on bare metal hardware as you can on a virtual machine and that's what i ended up doing so i'm going to put together and document my steps. Once I had that figured out though, here's my other thing that I had to figure out. When you call on the command to actually build the Raspy Blitz OS and put it together, your computer still acts like it's just the regular Debian install. Like you can't really go, like I thought it would turn off on the screen and then like boot up in Raspy Blitz mode, you know, and be a little Raspy Blitz on my computer. But no, it's still just like a Debian install. I had to SSH in from another machine to get the whole Raspberry Blitz interface and all that. And I think that's part of the install had like headless setup as the option. So it's running on that computer, but you can't see it from itself. You got to SSH mm. in to get to it. Once I figured that out, though, everything else was easy peasy. In your old Raspberry Pi setup, you can just open up Raspberry Blitz. There is a repair setting. In the menu. Yeah. And if you go into repair, there is a migration option, which says migrate Blitz data to new hardware. Perfect. Perfect. You hit that, you hit OK. It shuts down all the services first. It makes your channel backup. It gets all of the apps that you have installed. It basically reads uh, all of your data and it gives you this. Uh, basically this image file that's incredibly similar to the uh, image file that you would flash on the original SD card if you're doing just the regular pedestrian Raspberry Pi install. It's the same type of file. And then on your new Raspberry Blitz, 
when you log into a Raspy Blitz for the first time and nothing has been done on it, it's like the welcome screen. It gives you one of three options. You can, uh, you can just make a brand new fresh node. Like I've never done this before. I'm going to do a fresh one or you can, uh, recover with a backup phrase, right? Do key recovery. And then you can also, if you have a channel backup file, add that to the process once your chain is synced or my option, you can use a migration file, which is so painless. Oh my God. It even told me how to, uh, SCP it in, like how to copy it into the, the new machine. Like it, it had the command line thing that I needed to execute right there in the instructions. It was like, yeah, fire, fire it off with this, you know, open a shell wherever the migration file is and then shoot it over here. Boom. Perfect. I was off to the races. The only thing that I fucked up on that could have made it a little bit better was I forgot to tap in, uh, a ethernet cable to that machine. <laughs> I had yeah. ethernet cables going to all the other machines. I finally figured all that out except for that one. So it was syncing over Wi-Fi the whole Jeez. time. And I was trying to race you and beat you to the sink, but yeah. there was no way I could have done it over Wi-Fi. Oh. I think that I probably couldn't even have pulled it off hardwired, but oh, there's a chance. It, it did jump up in speed significantly when I plugged the uh, ethernet cable in because of course, duh. Yeah. Yep. But, but uh, we're back in action. None of my channels got lost. <sighs> And uh, the only reason that you would have channels lost or force close is, A, if there were pending HTLCs that were stuck, which there weren't any. I knew that for sure when the thing went down originally. Or, B, somebody, one of your peers, sees that you've been offline long enough that they kind of, like, panic force close on you. Yeah. Which, thankfully, didn't happen. I think that now, out of the ten channels that I have left... Seven of them are online. Three of them, one has been offline for so long that I'm just going to have to force close. I've been kind of waiting for a good fee opportunity. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be me paying for it or my peer paying for it. They also don't have an alias. So like, I literally forgot who it was. Yeah. That, I, don't, I don't know who that the was the issue is. when I was looking at my channels the last time I was able to. Like, I don't know whose it is. So I'm going to have yeah. to force close just for sanity's sake because... Having a channel, and by the way, bowlers, if, if you've got a channel that's been offline for a significantly long time, it's best for both partners to just force close that thing. That way the because, stats go back Yeah, because they belong. if they've totally lost their lightning ability, you got to force close that and have that settle on layer one so that they could at least recover that from some kind of a layer one wallet, some kind of a Bitcoin wallet. You don't want those stat, sats to be stuck up in the clouds, as it were. Of the Lightning Network. But anyway, so we're kind of like, what, 92% there um, yeah. in terms of getting all of our life back together? Yeah, node running life. It looks like I'm about 99% to finding out what the next step is Nice for Lightning node to sync. Because um, my transactions are now updated to 19 days ago. But I am curious about the status of my channels now, I've seen that Umbral has an auto backup, but because I had to nuke everything, it likely got deleted, is my thinking. And then if I don't have any of my channels, I'm going to have to just reach out to everyone I can remember offhand huh, and um, just say, hey, you know, force close your channel with me, I guess. But I'm not there yet. So right. hang tight if you have a channel with me and you see me in the red. 
Now, it's very cobwebby, cobwebby in my memory, but I feel like early on with uh, Thunder Road, when Booberry was getting his going, something similar happened where he did a recovery of the node, and then there were certain channels that like did exist before the recovery, and then he didn't see after the recovery, and I don't really know... I haven't checked in with him on that for so long that I'm not sure if he ever did get those sats originally or dig them out. I remember like trying to figure out what was going on, but it's tough. It's tough to like remotely troubleshoot a note. It's it's hard. It's it's a challenge doing it in person. But what I love is that there's always a way to get there. Yes. I have not been concerned about my sats. Like I know where they are. Yeah. I know that they're there Mm -hmm. and it might take me making some phone calls or sending some DMs to someone. Hey, we're going to have to force close our channel or I need you to do it. But I open channels with people that I know in case of stuff like that. Sure. So they're there. My sats are there. And I know that on chain's all good. Off chain is where it's a little bit more confuddling, but still retrievable. Nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. And that was also something I appreciated finally having a node issue is I've seen you go through fixing a node so many times. And the first time you had to fix a node, I remember a lot of yelling and a lot of things being thrown around. And I like <laughs> I, I lost was, my fucking mind. I was panicked. Yeah. Because I was thinking, oh, all the sats are gone. Yeah. But that's was, just not how it works. That's right. Yep. These are unspent transactions, you know, like it's all there. Yeah. If your keys aren't like floating around somewhere for somebody else to grab, then neither is your coin. So like, you know, just because your shit doesn't send or you can't have access to your channels right now at this current second, uh, which took me a while to learn. Yeah. The very first time I was like nervous as shit. But now that you've been through it a bunch, you're calm. And I've realized that patience is the most important element of this process i almost ran a pseudo rm command just (laughs) just like running with scissors in the ss like i'm not a command line gal you know it's foreign to me Mm -hmm. and i was just pretty much copying everything i found and then someone in the chat i think it was it was hey citizen and harfan combination are just like whoa 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 there (laughs) and i realized i'm getting ahead of myself i'm borderlining into the impatient and just, you know, rushing mindset. And you can't do that. Yeah. Just calm, precise actions. And I should have documented everything. I do regret that. Um, However, as Harfat says in the chat, uh, he thinks it's unlikely that uh, Umbral would delete backups. And I did see a um, Darth Coin comment where he said, If you have lost your channel backups, there are three admin that you can reach out to. And I'm guessing that's probably on Telegram. So I'll just have to have you do that for me. (laughs) I mean, you might run between Telegram condom, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you don't have to get your shit dirty. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I'll be your Telegram condom. You know, I'm bare minimum on all my devices. It's very smart. It's It's very smart. I can be that sacrifice. Yeah, my phone is for phone calls and text messages and emails. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Based. <laughs> oh, and checking in on like the helipad and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so, so uh, but I've gained massive experience points this week from my node issues, my node woes. 
and I'm ready to, once I get this all figured out, transfer to something beefier and then maybe build a start nine or something else. You uh, Juggle thinking, about, thinking about going to Raspy Blitz or start nine? Ooh, Raspy Blitz is tempting because I think I have the most opportunity for learning with the Raspy Blitz. I would agree with that. Like, so the other two systems, Umbral and Start Nine OS, they are more accessible. You can get going faster. It's it's easier when things work. In my experience, they're harder to troubleshoot, though. They're harder to yes. customize, and you can't really learn as much on command line. In in, in my opinion, because of the docker, the over dockerization of every single thing, to where like it's all separated. In this weird virtual thing that I don't understand. You are totally right that if I was better at Docker, I would be probably better at figuring that part out. But uh, with the Raspy Blitz, like, it's also command line friendly and you learn so much command line stuff because it's all just really straightforward. Everything is where it's supposed to be and nothing is like blocking you out like, oh, that directory doesn't exist. You can't CD into that. Yeah, and that was another thing is two weeks ago, I was trying to change the pew sound on my umbral. Right. And I was getting like, you don't have permission. Jesus, maybe no that's where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I didn't change it. I just saw that I didn't have permission. And I know uh, Nam had sent me the correct pathway to yes. update it, mm -hmm. but I didn't get to that. So I don't think that's what screwed it up. Although okay. maybe just maybe just pinging in, maybe it sent it. I, you know, maybe I my umbral was like, "What is she doing? Trying to customize me? <laughs> maybe something is wrong. I'm gonna fritz out now." I don't know. I do know though that there are specific instructions for migrating over to Raspy Blitz from Umbral or my uh, my node or Start Nine. Mm. Just saying, just putting it out. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. Just a friendly, umbral you know. has been old reliable for me. I had a two that's years, true. two years uh, uptime. Yeah, and it's, now it's uh, four days. <laughs> it's been rather great. Now you were telling me that you're not the only one. There are heavily combing the forums right now. That's right. There after this, I think it's the five point four update. There have been a lot of issues. It looks like, and I was looking at debug logs for other people, and nothing was exactly like mine. But there were a lot of weird things going on. It looked like hmm. so. Yeah, it's weird been busy. Uh, well. I'm glad that you're still excited about node running. Oh yeah. I, I would fact, actually uh, feel more excited now because Awesome. It's like looking behind the curtain a little, you know? Yeah, it's like now now you have skin in the game and it really matters. And yeah. you've been through like, okay, here's a worst case scenario and it's still fine. Exactly. Which for me was yeah, you were totally right. The first time I hit worst case scenario on my node, it was like, holy fuck. I'm fucked. I mean, that was just a lack of education. Yeah. I just hadn't been there before, and it was like, I thought I was like, I thought I lost everything. Yeah. Turns out, no. <laughs> Turns out, hey, calm down. I just want everyone to know, my lightning node has finished syncing, and I'm now on a Recover Your Channels page, and it goes back to, uh, I believe, December. Well, I can go way, way back if I want to, it looks like. Um, but I'm trying to just recover the channels from right before it went offline. So I'm guessing that's... The most recent the, one? Uh, last Tuesday was the 5th. So I think maybe I'll look at like December 4th or 5th and um, restore from there. Can uh, you just pick the most recent one that's there? The most recent one is from today when I have no channels. Oh, I see. So I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Gotcha. 
Well, that's cool that uh, it has all your backups still. That's very cool. And it's a very frequent backups. It looks like it's backing up every five hours or so. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great part of the process. Uh, well, we do still want to give people what they want, which is what's been going on this week. Not a heck of a lot of uh, hair on fire stuff, but some interesting things did happen. Uh, some good, some bad. Right after the last bowl, news hit that uh, governments are using push notifications to surveil users, which will be no surprise to the bowlers, I'm sure. But it did surprise a lot of people around the world. Mm. Apple confirmed in a letter to the Department of Justice, uh, well, ex- excuse me, Senator Ron Wyden said in a letter to the Department of Justice that uh, foreign officials are demanding the data from Alphabet's Google for Android phones and also Apple for iOS devices. Quote, the traffic flowing from apps that send push notifications put the companies in a unique position to facilitate government surveillance of how users are using particular apps. So he's asked the DOJ to repeal or modify any policies that hindered public discussions of push notifications spying. Um, in a statement from Apple, they said that Wyden's letter gave them the opening they needed to share more details with the public about how governments monitored push notifications. Uh, according to Apple, they said, in this case, the federal government prohibited us from sharing any information now that this method has become public, we are updating our transparency reporting to detail these kinds of requests. Mm, so I don't know if we take Apple at their word, uh, then they really would have been forthcoming with the information and the requests that they're getting from from undisclosed different governments. We still don't really know which governments are uh, asking for this data. All we know is that both foreign and U.S. government agencies have been asking Apple and Google for this metadata from the push notification systems, which is almost like this weird man-in-the-middle spot where it's not really uh, in the end-user device or the app itself, but there's this weird push notification that's in between that Apple and Android both have access to. Now, are push notifications just notifications that pop up on your lock screen or like the little number at the top of the app? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like when you slide down from the top and that big fucking notification tray full of bullshit. So they're just looking for like the frequency of you tapping on those or when they're that just, kind of stuff. They're just combing through the metadata of all that. So like, you know, Creepy. text messages have previews that are in the push notifications. Oh, you can, I gotcha. You can yeah. read the first chunk of a message. Great. If you have access to all of that, you can you can gain a lot of information, I'm yeah. sure. Texting kills. So uh a lot of hair on fire out over that. I'm I'm not sure why it's a big surprise. <laughs> I know but, your uh, whole yeah. phone is a tracking device. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of uh missing information in all of this. So we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg now, but it'll be interesting to see how deep this particular rabbit hole goes. And I'm kind of more interested in how many and who uh, are on the list of these different governments involved. Definitely. Making these, making these requests to Apple and Google. So there's that. United States. Uh, China. Speaking That's of... my guesses. Speaking of tracking your butthole, Ledger Live tracks and sends all user information to an outsourced data harvesting service. Thanks, Ooh. Ledger Live, you fucking twats. Uh, a lot of Bitcoin uh, super hardcore peoples will hound you to get a cold storage device. You need a cold storage device. You need a cold wallet. Um, I would not recommend a Ledger. That's all. 
I think that, uh, you know, depending on how much Bitcoin you have and where you, what you do with it, what your use case is, it's, it's a good idea to have some kind of an offline storage for most of it. If you have a long-term savings plan, you need to probably store most of it offline, right? Where it yes. can't be gotten to. But there's a lot of places and ways to do that, okay? So uh, this conversation almost always turns to, oh, do you need a Ledger Nano S, you know, or some kind of a fucking commercial for Ledger? Ledger... <sighs> At this point, they've had so many blunders that I would not consider them in a cold storage device at all. They had their recovery service that you can opt into, right? Uh, their ledger recovery, which essentially, if you ever lose your keys, doop de doop, uh, you can mm -hmm. get them and two other counterparties that they partner with to put together some torn apart version of your keys <laughs> and recover your wallet magically. Uh, if they have the ability to do that and you have the ability as a user to opt into a service like that, flip a switch on and say, okay, go activate, then they've, they've got your fucking keys. Uh, right. Yep. And so at that point, like it breaks down, like the whole point of a cold storage device is to have some kind of a Fort Knox spot where nobody but you can get into that shit. And just the mere fact that the ledger recovery service exists and you can opt into it, and they can turn it on for you, is a huge red flag. Now this Ledger Live thing breaks. Uh, somebody uh, by the handle of Wrecked Builder was the one kind of blowing the whistle on it. He said, I ran Ledger Live and opened the Network tab, which is just you right-click and inspect in your browser, right? Check out the Network tab. Uh, he said, just out of curiosity, what I found was more than a little concerning. Ledger Live is a free and open source companion app for the Ledger cold wallet. Now, Ledger themselves are not FOSS software. They're not free open source software. They're a black box. Nobody really knows all of what the code does inside of there. But this Ledger Live companion is free open source software. And through it, uh, this gentleman discovered the application phones everything about your device and your funds to an outsourced endpoint, uh, even linked to it at api.segment.io slash v1 slash t. That's not, an, that's not an official ledger endpoint. It's some outsourced data collection service. Mm. It shows you things like accounts with funds, how many funds, the apps that you're using. As if that weren't bad enough, the submitted payload also contains a user ID and a write key, which probably identify your device uniquely along with tons of other data like device model, how much space you've used, your operating system version, all kinds of shit that they are just tracking right deep up your butthole. So that's not cold at all. That's not a cold storage offline device at all. Uh, Ledger, I can't... They're, they're still in business and they're still hot commodity because they just have the marketing, they have the name recognition, and people just are like, oh yeah, you need a cold wallet. What's a cold wallet? Well, like a Ledger. You know, it's like the yeah. Kleenex. That's what I was just going to say. Of, of fucking cold storage devices. Yep. And in my opinion, they don't, they don't, they don't count. They don't count as a cold storage devices. How is this cold storage? Doesn't seem very cold to me. Nope. Seems like a fucking data mine. So come on, move away from the ledger. Just give it up. You would be better off <laughs> with just a regular fucking 
node you built yourself versus storing a bunch of coin on a ledger. Okay. Definitely. You'd be more secure just not having a cold device at all than having a ledger. That's that's my fucking view from over here. Okay. That's all. So good job, Ledger. Way to fall in the shit yet again. Uh public service announcement. If you're using BTC Pay Server's Ellen Bank plugin, uh BTC Pay Server have uh put out an announcement that you should update to the latest version immediately. Uh, a critical vulnerability has been found in Ellen Bank, an external plugin that is optional to add to BTC Pay Server. So if you're using it, please update immediately to the newest version V1.8.9 to mitigate this vulnerability. Um, so just public service announcement there. I do not use Ellen Bank. I had never used it. Uh, I don't really know much about it. But if you do, update that shit right away. Tell your friends. Uh, down in South America, the first, uh, I guess technically Central America, the first Bitcoin president, uh, Nayib Bukele, I'm so bad at pronouncing names of people from other places, uh, but Bukele is the first, uh, Bitcoin president. He's president of El Salvador. He's really kind of adopted Bitcoin as one of the national currencies down there. We, uh, watched the big documentary there about uh el zante and bitcoin beach yes dare to dream dare to dream that's right so their elections are kind of funny and interesting he is seeking a second term as president so because of that uh he has to temporarily step down from his presidential role in order to run for a second term which i don't understand Hmm. that's not how it works here here you just run for one term and then two terms and you stay president the whole time uh, according to Bitcoin Magazine here, I'm reading, this move aligns with a 2021 Supreme Court ruling in the constitutional interpretation specifying that Bukele can only seek a second term if he vacates the presidency six months prior to the start of the subsequent presidential term, commencing on June 1st, 2024, which means that he's got to the end of the year to vacate office if he wants to run for a second term. He's got to get out of there six months before the second term starts. Interesting, weird, strange. Okay. The different way to do it. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a El Salvadorian government wonk by any means. Uh but he has uh selected Claudia Juana Rodriguez de Guevara, who was his private secretary. She will be filling in until his current term ends May 30th, 2024. She'll be the interim president while he seeks a second re-election. He's a very popular president down there, so he will likely win that. Uh, but I don't know if there's just like fixed five-year terms. You can only serve one of them unless you do this weird switcheroo thing. I don't know. It just kind of came across my desk. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, but Bukele will seek a second five-year term for the New Ideas Party in the February 4th national elections. Uh, his vice president was also granted leave to campaign again as his running mate. So that's kind of interesting. They do things a little bit different down there. Totally different. Say, hey, you know what? I'll give the keys to the secretary. She'll run the shit. She'll keep my seat warm. I'm going to go hit the campaign trail for six months. I'll see you soon. Very interesting. Uh, finally, my last story here. Uh, bringing the shit to the shit stain with a shit coin tether. Everybody's favorite uh, stable coin. <laughs> <laughs> Tether freezes all OFAC sanctioned wallets in a proactive security measure. 
Shocking. So they have frozen coins held in crypto wallets that uh, are sanctioned by the U.S. Office of Foreign Asset Controls. That's what OFAC stands for. Uh, basically, they just say, oh, you're suspected of lending mo money laundering. You're suspected of having a Russian accent. You're suspected of being a guy we don't like. Here's our list of people that are bad, bad boys. Uh, and everybody on that list, Tether, has frozen the coins held in crypto wallets. Targeted by OFAC. Mm. Uh, Tether framed the move as a voluntary step to proactively prevent any potential misuse of Tether tokens and enhance security measures. They also clarified that existing wallets on the OFAC list would be frozen, along with any new wallets added in the future. This, uh, according to the CEO, Paolo Arduino. Arduino? Uh, close. No. <laughs> close, but no cigar. It's not quite an Arduino. Uh, he's a robot, basically. He says this strategic decision aligns with our unwavering commitment to maintaining the highest standards of safety for our global ecosystem and expanding our close working relationship with global law enforcement and regulators by executing voluntary wallet addresses, freezing of new additions to the SDN list and freezing previously added addresses. We will be able to further strengthen the positive usage of stablecoin technology and pr promote a safer stablecoin ecosystem for all users, except obviously the guys on the list but whatever they're probably very bad guys and deserve it what do i know in the name of safety yeah yeah uh while tether has frozen funds related to unlawful activity several times in the past so this isn't really super new territory for them uh the company had been reluctant to freeze wallets which interacted with sanctioned protocol tornado cash uh when they claimed it had not received any requests from law enforcement to do so uh, but following this announcement, blockchain records show tethered blacklisted Tornado Cash's contact addresses reported the block. So just a special little uh, situation for you. Wompity, wompity. Yeah, Bitcoin fixes this. Bingo. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, so that's a shit stay a little involved, but I'm glad you got in the uh, mix this week. Oh, yeah, me too. Feels good. That was it, fun. Although not... Not fun, not feeling great, good, but it was experience. And um, yeah. I see some uh, channels closing now, so <laughs> I will need to get in on a ring of fire for sure. Oh, yeah. I guess that's one thing that I wanted to say, I guess, at the end then. Uh, Lorian's got, what, you're down to no channels, I guess? Yeah. Is what you've oh, just discovered? Well, yeah. I'm, I got to get on to Thunderhub and figure it out after, but it's looking like all of my channels are automatically closing. Okay, so or we've got have been closed. We've so. got we've got closing channels. We've got a real need for channels and liquidity to Lorian's node. I also could use a a, a, beef a boost up, a boost up a beef up of a boost to uh, my node and its liquidity. So we are going to be putting together some rings of fire over, over the coming weeks. I've also got some free time starting next week, where I will be able to keep a close eye on it all during the day. You know what that means. This is the perfect time to build a node. That's right. There's never been a better time. We're all kind of wandering in together, helping each other out, keeping each other sane, keeping each other, you know, pulled back from the edge of the panic cliff, all of that good stuff. Uh, it's going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, freedom is is sometimes intimidating at first, but uh, once you flex it around, it's, it's pretty relaxing. So brings a fire. I know Pfeiffer's getting in, uh, trying to crack that 500k mark and get a half million nodes uh or half million ring of fire so 
if you want kind of a smaller capacity ring of fire, we're going to be building one of those. Uh, also, I think a 1 million, a 2 million, a 5 million are also in the uh, hopper in the future. So a half mil, a 1 mil, a 2 mil, a 5 mil, if any of that sounds interesting or uh, exciting to you, please let me know. Reach out on IRC or shoot me an email, spencer at bullafterbull.com, and we will put some shit together, my friends. How about the uh, KC Bitcoiners? Any meetups coming up? Oh, yeah. You know, the KC Bitcoiners, they're always doing something. Let me pull their uh, pull them up real quick. They did have a coffee meeting last Friday morning that I was not able to attend, of course. Uh, yeah, with class. Being uh, at work. But, ooh, it looks like tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at the bar in Mission, Kansas. You know the bar. It's right there on the downtown strip at Mission, Kansas, right next to the Salvation Army. So join us at 6 p.m. for a beer. Maybe we'll get some chili going. I don't know. We'll definitely discuss our pickle coin holdings and uh, we will just make fun of uh, shit coiners in general. It'll be a grand time. You're not going to want to miss it. If you're even like within the 500 mile radius of Kansas City, uh, make your way over to Mission. It'll be worth it. I'll buy you a beer. How about that? And they got food so I can bring the bolettes. Show up. Find me. Say on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain. Don't even have to keep a straight face. Just say that to me and I'll buy you a beer. How's that? Oh, I think that's a good pull. Uh, there you have it. So now I I am so ready to hear some. Top 333. All right. Sir Oma sent me a great headline this week. Oh, yeah? Yes, this is like a double whammy. Man charged with sexual assault of 33 women over three nights at Melbourne nightclub. This is from The Guardian. He also happens to be 33 years old. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. averaging 11 a night. Yeah. That's an assault rampage. It's uh, yeah, pretty bad. End of September to the end of October, there was a total of 71 assaults. And I'm guessing that's multiple per woman. Mm. Not totally sure. They didn't go into total details about it. Sometimes they were saying 61. Sometimes they were saying 71. Oh, no, 65 was the other number. Assault him once. Shame on. Shame on. Uh, uh, assault him. He can't get assault again. Yeah. That's what I'd like to think. But <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, that's a wild. Uh, that's a lot of assaults and a lot of women. Yeah. 33. I mean, like, Jesus, bro, save some for us. Yeah. He will be appearing for charges on December 22nd. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Damn. Oh, let's see. In Virginia, in Allegheny County, a man got 33 years in prison for a high-speed chase and attempted aggravated murder of deputies. Whoa. That's just the headline. He was stopped on your birthday last year. Okay. For going 93 miles per hour. And then a narcotics dog alerted, and he decided to flee the scene. Uh-oh. Yeah. And he hit 120 miles per hour, uh, was caught on dash cam, throwing a bag out the window. Ah, uh, never want to do that. Yeah, you know they got dash cams. Yeah. Uh, go for the butthole before you go for the window. Mm, not legal advice, but, you know. In <laughs> Minecraft. I've, I've <laughs> seen it in comic books. Yes, yes. He was stopped with a rolling roadblock and trapped between two cop cars. And then he started spraying gunfire through his windshield. Oh, no. Yeah, he went full rampage. 
So the deputies, of course, had to return fire, and eventually they did get him out of his vehicle and miraculously were uninjured. He sustained a minor injury, uh, no details as to what that minor injury was. Uh, You know, just a scratch, I guess, maybe. Mm -hmm. But he had more drugs on his person, which they did find. Maybe he did put some up the butthole. Um, uh oh! All, all I couldn't fit them all. Well, you know, I don't have any advice for that. <laughs> had to ditch one, and it was the weed because on him they found meth, fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, illegal prescription drugs, and two pistols. Jesus! And so uh, there was a blood sample taken when he was taken in, and it showed that he had four times the statutory presumptive level for DUI of meth. In his system. Oh, there you go. No surprise there. But they also brought some of his text messages to court where he was bragging about what he did with his friends. Oh, my God. Saying not many people would have the courage to actually shoot it out with some cops. And Most people aren't retarded enough. <laughs> yeah, well, he was proud to be a retard. <laughs> I don't know about courage. <laughs> That's not mm. exactly courage, my man. No, yeah. It's just a uh, good old-fashioned just- stupidity. I guess there's just like a very thin line between... Courage and stupidity, maybe, sometimes. The dog alerted and should have just fed it something real quick as I it mean, goes to enter the car. Also, like, let's just calm it down a bit, man. One law at a time. Yeah. One law at a time. Also yeah. not legal advice. No, no, but... Just, just uh, a basic observation. Yeah. If you're if you're holding in Minecraft, you should go the speed limit. Or right. try to, you know? you know. Like, one or two over. You can't be, like, creepy. <laughs> No red flags. Anyway. Well, asking for common sense, I think, is a tall ask in it, this particular it, case. <laughs> it goes back to my texting kills, too. Bro, That if you're texting it, someone else can read it. Yes. Even if it's just the person on the other end. Correct. You're putting it in writing yeah. in a permanent digital form. What like, are they going to do? Who are they going to screen cap and show? Like, <sighs> it's out there now. Yeah. And even when it comes to weed, we I know in the bowl it's federally illegal. So, you know. Not saying, just saying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway, in Denver, the city has spent more than $33 million to support immigrants in the last year. And wouldn't you know, more money is needed. Oh, they're not quite enough supported. It's a fact because that's how the headline reads. Yeah, mostly uh, the immigrants are coming from Venezuela, according to this article from CBS. And it says they're being sent daily by bus from border states like Texas, and that they've had phone calls with Texas saying, stop sending immigrants on buses. But they just keep showing up. (laughs) Oh, no. Now, Denver was promised millions of dollars in financial aid from the federal government, but I guess they've only seen 900,000, which is still a hefty amount of money. Not compared to 33 million, though. No, that's for sure. Yeah, they are in the debt hole. So, um... Yeah, they're saying that the buses started coming in the middle of the night when shelters are closed. Mm. And so then they just leave these people stranded in the streets, basically. Seems a bit Um, rude. More than 30,000 immigrants have been received this past year, and they are housing approximately 2,700. That's a big disparity there. That's asking for tent cities. And um, just the... Last fun fact in this article was that they asked the public to buy Christmas gifts for immigrant children, and there were 650-plus purchases made within 24 hours of that ask. 
Mm, so people are charitable. It is the giving season. Uh, perhaps they could ask the public to just open their doors to these families. Yeah. Take them in. You know, no one should be cold on the street. But this, the shelter situation really um, is always shocking to me when I start reading into it. You know, I was just telling you the other day about reading an account from a homeless gentleman who was talking about how there's you have to stay at the shen- at the shelter for a certain period to reserve your bed and there's only a limited amount and they give you like a deli counter style ticket and so if you leave or if someone steals the ticket from you well you're not getting that bed and there's curfews and times that you have to be there so if you have a job you know you might lose your bed to go to work mm. it's a horrible there's no way to help these people get out of the situation unless you have charities set up to rehabilitate them uh, that accommodate a work schedule and stuff. Anyway, it's a long way of me saying I'm proud to live in Kansas City where the city seems to do, a, and charities, it's all charities mostly, uh, that are doing a great job taking care of people who need help when they hit rock bottom. Anyway, I want to go behind the curtain before oh, I hit oh. rock bottom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where all the good shit is back here but it just it's horrible and of course you know there's always people in authority positions at the shelters and so if you if someone just doesn't like you for whatever reason they can make your life hell that's just life i guess but it's horrible anyway what's not horrible is i saw that the white house has delayed the menthol cigarette ban hooray yes my favorite of the cigarettes uh of course this probably isn't a popular topic when re-election is at stake. Yeah, no doubt. They said they're targeting March, but I wouldn't be surprised if it gets kicked down the road a little bit further than that. Uh, menthol, of course, is the only cigarette flavor that wasn't banned under the 2009 law giving FDA authority over tobacco products. What a great move. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. So the FDA officials sent their final version of the regulation banning menthol to the White House's Office of Management and Budget back in October. And that's typically the final nail in the coffin. It's like the last step before the rule is released. Yeah. But here we are. Gonna delay it. Got a little delay coming. And, of course, the prohibitionists out there are reeing real, real hard about all the black lives that we are destroying by not banning menthols. Oh, my God. Because that's how racist it is. They're like, well, 85% of the black smokers smoke menthol. Yeah, well, guess what? Yeah, I guess, so it's uh, racist to ban them. Yeah. It's what they enjoy, man. Yeah. Taking away their just, joy. Just let people do what they're going to do as adults, man. I know. You don't ban a cheeseburger, do you? You don't ban Sprite. Occasionally, I enjoy a cigarette. And my cigarette of choice is always menthol. Mm-hmm. And it's very occasional for me, obviously being pregnant most of my adult life. You know? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't do it then, but I didn't ever miss them. It's weird. Cigarettes and I have a strange relationship. Like, they talked a lot in this article from NPR about how, well, the menthol makes it more addictive. Like, the flavor makes oh, it more addictive. Yeah, it's like, no, I just. It's more addictive. I just enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. I like that cool breeze <laughs> that goes down your throat when you hit it. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. In the name of safety and saving lives and think of the children, you know? They they just want to get rid of tobacco altogether at this point. Oh, well. 
Also this week, the feds have released more than 250 pages when it comes to that rescheduling recommendation and a FOIA request that attorney Matt Zorn submitted. Now, of these pages, there is a very little to read. I will have them linked in the show notes. Uh, 236 of those pages are redacted. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so um, it was interesting, though. Uh, Matt Zorn went through the process in a Substack article uh, talking about what's necessary to reschedule a substance that's been on the controlled substances list. And first, the DEA has to gather necessary data. Then they have to request a scientific and medical evaluation from the Secretary of Health and Human Services, as well as get their recommendation as to whether the substance should be controlled or removed. Now, in this case, of course, when it comes to marijuana, which is a Schedule One uh, prohibited drug on the Controlled Substances Act, federally illegal, in this case, Biden sent the directive to the Attorney General and Secretary of Health and Human Services to reconsider scheduling it. Uh, so the DEA simply had to request the evaluation and recommendation from HHS mm. instead of gathering data. So they did. They were able to skip a step. Not going to speed anything up, but here we are, skipping a step. Then it kicks over to the FDA um, because they have a controlled substances staff over at the FDA, and they have to conduct an eight-factor analysis, which is required under Section 811C of the Controlled Substances Act. Um, and all of those details are in the fourth document that were uploaded, heavily redacted, of course. Then the draft goes to the commissioner of the FDA and over to NIDA for review. Uh, and that's where Nora Volkow is, NIDA, of course, being the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Fun times with the alphabet soup agencies over there. Once it gets reviewed and approved, or should I say if it gets reviewed and approved there, right. it goes to the Assistant Secretary of Health at the uh, HHS for review and approval. And then the Assistant reviews and approves the FDA analysis and conclusion and then forwards it back to the DEA where changes can finally be made. Isn't that crazy? Definitely. It's too much. It takes too much for a damn change to happen. So... These documents that were submitted thanks to the FOIA request are important to the scheduling process because they're going to be part of the administrative record that will likely end up in front of a court when any eventual DEA rule on rescheduling pot is subject to judicial review. And it was also interesting, uh, the little glimpse into the HHS's views on scientific and medical issues here uh, and their views on these issues are binding on the DEA when it comes to the scheduling process. So the takeaways, one big, and there's very little to take away. I'm telling you, you can go through 250 pages in less than 30 minutes because of all the redactions here. Damn. So the first takeaway uh, from these documents is that, uh, there's a quote here, one of the unredacted lines, well, partially. They said, marijuana, referring to botanical cannabis that is within the definition of marijuana, with an H, or marijuana, with a J, within the Controlled Substances Act, B, dot, dot, dot. So they redacted their recommendation. Huh. Our belief is that it will be Schedule 3. They want to push it down to Schedule 3. 
but we don't know here. However, pure speculation. This stood out to me because it confirms that the HHS's recommendation uh, has to do with the whole plant, mm. not a single compound or molecule for rescheduling. We're talking about the whole weed plant. Nice. So that's good. That's good news. Uh, then there was there's like an opportunity for you know them to make uh, a statement about how there's no research, as we saw in 2016 when rescheduling was considered. And oh man, there was about 20 pages of uh, them complaining about lack of research. Here in document five, there was none of that. It was clear and concise, and they moved on to another document, which was supposed to be all the research to bolster their claims and recommendations. And there was plenty, 150 plus pages. However, they redacted it. Like they don't want us to see the research that they're citing. Fucking clown show. Yeah. Yeah. Very frustrating. So, um, let me see what it looked like. Ugh. The purpose of document five is to analyze and present relevant data and make a determination as to whether marijuana is considered to have a currently accepted medical use in the United States under the Controlled Substances Act. Because, of course, that's what keeps it Schedule 1. No medical use. Right. Kind of silly when there are states that have medically legalized it. Or <laughs> people with medical cards using it as medicine. Uh, but anyway... Uh, well, we don't have enough studies, you know, and the studies we have, well... Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Oh, yeah, of course. Man, f*** them studies. Yeah, especially because most of them are funded by Pfizer sure. or other pharmaceutical companies. And they just want to get their hands on the distinct cannabinoids. They don't care about the plant matter. They want to siphon out you know, CBD or THC and put them into a pill. Yeah. Sell you a pill. They don't want you smoking bowls or eating delicious treats. No, just pills for you, slave. But anyway, uh, so the reason that the FDA has dedicated so much attention to the currently accepted medical use question is because it needs to explain and justify the conclusion that weed has a currently accepted medical use despite the fact that the FDA has not approved it for interstate marketing and it can't satisfy the DEA's longstanding five-part test. So, anyways, like I said, I want it descheduled off of the Controlled Substances Act, but all of these clues from these redacted documents are pointing to Schedule 3 rescheduling. And, um, hey, that's a step in the right direction, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know that it is. At least they're saying it has medical value. It's a step a little. in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. It's so, it's just such a bummer still. So. <laughs> you can't have a plant. You can't grow a plant from seed to plant. The seed is fine. The fee the seed is fifty state legal because it contains less than zero point three percent THC because it's a seed. But man, you sprout it. Mm-mm-mm. Manufacturing. Then you're manufacturing pot, man. Fucking retarded. It is horrible. I mean, I manufacture garlic every year. And they have yet to say something about that. I, yeah, the incredibly dangerous, explosive, and industrial process of putting a seed in dirt. Fucking retards. 
Yeah. I'm just surprised that pharma hasn't come off. They act like it's a goddamn meth lab. Oh, I know. Pharma hasn't come after the niacin in the garlic with all those good anti uh, bacterial properties. Well, we shouldn't give them any ideas, I suppose. Yeah. Stop listening to this show, yeah. Big Pharma. They're, trust me, they're not. They can't get past the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain segment. I promise you. And for that, we thank you. Yes, it's a great buffer. Bowlers only back here, behind the curtain. Oh, anyways, there's a memo that came out from the FBI that I haven't seen many people talking about. I, of course, I have a link to it in the show notes. It says that medical growers and caregivers can own guns, but not patients. I love that. So, and of course, we've known, if you're going to get a medical pot license, you're going into a database, and that database will likely be ran and checked if you decide to purchase a firearm and enter yourself into that database for a background check. So, and then, you know, red flag shows up, because weed is federally illegal, so you are using an illicit narcotic, man. You can't buy a firearm and do that no so uh yeah they've got it written in here that possession of medical marijuana by an individual identified as a medical marijuana caregiver grower provider etc is not disqualifying under section 922 g3 here from the feds um use of the marijuana or other controlled substance must be established for the prohibition to exist. So, not immediately going to look into you just because you're a caregiver. Okay, I guess that's maybe good news. Uh, but then, of course, they have here also uh, four medical patients. Because maybe you got a medical card, but you'd never used the weed, right? Well, right. they have some scenarios uh, that will disqualify the red flag that pops up if you got a medical card. And that is uh, being a year from the date of the card expiration. So I think it's hard to interpret exactly what they mean there. One year from the date of the medical marijuana user card's expiration date. One year after it expires, I would assume. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Buffer year to get all that THC out of your system. Oh yeah. And to come down from all of the fucking murderous psychosis that you go through as a medical marijuana patient. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the the puking. Yeah. The hyperemesis. Yeah. (laughs) Well, once all of the withdrawals are done, Yes, then maybe you can buy a firearm. Good God. And then uh, one year from the date of, uh, quotation, admission of possession of the medical marijuana user card, if no expiration date is available. So, okay, you gave it up for a year, I guess. And then a third exemption is one year from the date the medical marijuana user card is relinquished. So I guess you could turn it in early. And not legal advice, but um, I wouldn't be holding one of those things. As a, uh, you know, person who really adores my constitutional rights. Yeah. Good thing is, uh, you were born, so it's too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just crazy. And, you know, I mean, Hunter Biden is still working his way through the system for using illicit narcotics while owning a firearm for a couple days around about my birthday. And so maybe changes could be made. Yeah. Because, you know, it it wasn't his fault that he bought drugs. Like, he was addicted. Yeah. That's the new narrative. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Just, uh, well, he's addicted. He couldn't, ha- he had to buy it. The old I was addicted uh, defense. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, if it's changes for everyone, then I'm fine with it. 
Nah, drugs and guns, who cares? You can drink alcohol and have a gun. That's a drug. Sugar could be considered a drug, too. Caffeine? Definitely. Oh, yeah. We don't even think about that most of the time. Zoloft? Oh, prescription drugs are totally fine, don't you know? Because that, you gotta, see, this is what kills me, though. A doctor gives you a prescription for that. A doctor might give you a prescription for pot. But there's a difference because the pot is controlled schedule one. Yeah, the pot is very bad, you see. With LSD. (laughs) So silly. Anyway. Oh, let's see. I've got some clips tonight. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Uh, This was a follow-up story from Florida last week when I discussed a medical group that wanted to bring the potential legalization initiative to court. Well, here's a little tidbit of what happened and what they have to say for themselves. Naples-based My Florida Green has helped almost 40,000 people in the state get their medical marijuana cards over the past seven years. They have a doctor, informational sessions, and detailed processes for prescribing pot. But while the Florida Supreme Court reviews a ballot initiative to legalize recreational marijuana, the group is sounding the alarm over how that could negatively impact the medical industry of pot. Nick Garrelay is the founder of My Florida Green and says its legitimacy would take a hit. Uh, The medical patient doesn't belong in the same uh, arena as the recreational, although recreational users will use it for medical purposes. Uh, But it does get a little convoluted and confusing, and Uh that's the whole reason why we want to try to keep it as separate as possible. Oh, no. This this is the guy that made that dreadlocks comment uh, last the week. same prick huh yeah he said that medical patients shouldn't be buying their weed from guys with dreadlocks that say it's the dank yeah that guy it's kind of funny though that like weed is weed we're kind of losing sight of that in america though it's like why would you keep it separate oh it's not the same too. like okay some good indo is going to get you stoned it's going to contain a cannabinoid profile. And uh, for a lot of chronic conditions, it's going to help you. And that's why a lot of people use weed. Yep. The and, weed is what uh, they need. And it's the, the nice, dank weed grown for a recreational user who uh, is enjoying it primarily just to get stoned and take a load off. Or the medical patient who really needs it because, you know, maybe they have bone, bone tumors. For their whole life, and they're in tremendous amount of pain, and it relieves the pain. Guess what? They can smoke the same joint. In fact, I know this is going to be controversial, but they could roll up a joint and share it together. They could pass left and right with one another and smoke the same joint. <laughs> Isn't it astounding? And they could both get what they need. What the fuck? This is the most absurd shit I've ever heard. It is. It is. It's, it's gross. And it's monopolistic. Yeah, they're just... That's all it is. Oh, oh, it's competition, man. They want to force people to purchase the license, especially with the threats of that fee raise on them. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like 20 times more that these medical dispensaries are going to be owing. So they need some of that (laughs) fee money funneling in. Uh, I don't know. It, it, It doesn't seem sustainable, what Florida's got going on in the medical market. Because it's just weed, you know? Yes. Why would someone pay a ridiculous amount for something that's always been around? They won't. And the they, harder they, they, they hard the harder they cling to it, the harder they're going to get wrecked. They need to just respond to where the market is going. 
Yeah. Because you're not going to fight the entire fucking economy. You're going to lose. Yeah. Bully so Seed just, in the chat added also that in Florida, you are required every six months to get a review from a doctor for your medical card. Oh, yeah. I got to keep people safe. That's ridiculous. Because, you know, weed, man, it can get really fucking out of hand. <laughs> well, anyways, I'll let this guy continue because the kicker's coming. The group tried to give its perspective, but the court rejected the brief. Womp, womp. It was late. Uh, it was past the deadline. Uh, but really, it's just to shed light on the subject uh, and to make sure that there is a clear uh, delineation between can uh, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. The group says so it does not intend on pushing further legal action, but notes that it will continue its advocacy of safe medical marijuana. We'll just keep pushing and, and keep trying to get a, a response. But our ultimate goal is to work with the state because our platform bridges the gap between the doctor and the patient and the state uh, and can really make the state look like heroes in this whole situation. But Smart and Safe, <laughs> the political action group pushing for recreational pot, says the concerns of my Florida Green are not relevant to what the court is hearing. In a statement to Fox 4, Smart and Safe spokesperson Steve Vancor said, quote, the proposed ballot initiative, if it were to pass, would not change in any way the current medical marijuana program. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't change the program. It just changes the economic implications outside of the program. Exactly. It gives people a different outlet. And yeah, you know, prices are going to drop. Demand's going to shift. And uh, it's, you know, it should be even freer than all of that. You know, it's absurd. If you think about how much a fucking eighth costs um, and compare it to something like tobacco, let's say an equivalent, uh, you buy a pack of cigarettes, it's about one gram per cigarette. You got 20 grams in a pack. Okay. So okay. it's like, it's like three quarters of an ounce in a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> and over on the fucking Taxachusetts coast, you're still at the very most paying $15, right? For a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. It's probably gone up a little bit. Let's say but, 20 bucks. Okay? But 20 bucks would be let's, rounding up. Let's yeah. be extra liberal. Let's say 20 bucks for a pack of smokes. That's three quarters of an ounce pretty much. If we could triple that, 60 bucks for three quarters of an ounce. I mean, it's just, it, it illustrates how inflated the price of weed is. It's crazy inflated because of all of these stupid ass regulations and, and prohibitions that are in place. Yeah. It's horrible. It's a bunch of extra burdens economically just drives the, the price point up to somewhere ridiculous. Like the economic equilibrium of the price of pot is way lower than even like the fire sales that they have at shops right now. Definitely. Like, the shit should be, I mean, it's a fucking weed. You can grow it, grow it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to grow than tobacco is. Yep. It should be rock bottom. But because of all of this bullshit layered on top, the price just is jacked artificially high. Yep, I know. So, well, yeah, keep pushing, buddy. We couldn't just repeal prohibition. We had to go through these uh, building up new big industries. That's like you such know? a desperate cocksuck at the end. You know, the, the state has a real opportunity to be the hero here, man, if you just let us like be the middleman, you know? I figured you would like that. Ugh. <laughs> I know, it's so gross. When has the state ever been the hero? When not they kicked the fucking British's ass way back when, maybe. Right, well, not in my lifetime. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. And that wasn't the state. Yeah. yeah, that was like overthrowing the state. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, mm. I don't know, man. Anyway. Don't get me started. You remember what went down in Georgia? The pharmacies were started, uh, they started selling THC oil. Oh yeah, 
There's pharmacy selling weed. That's what they signed up for. Right. And it's been limited to, you know, THC oil. But still, THC. So get a load of this clip. For more than 40 years, pharmacist Ira Katz has been treating customers at Little Five Points Pharmacy in Atlanta. He recently applied to be one of the stores licensed to sell medical cannabis oil to those with a prescription and registry card. But the DEA sent this letter to Katz and other pharmacists saying it's against federal law. I'm very, very, very disappointed with it. Georgia's pharmacy board and state legislature passed a law allowing independent pharmacies to sell low levels of THC. We always felt, we as pharmacists, um, that this is a drug should be kept in pharmacy, should be regulated by pharmacy. So we are, we're very disappointed that the DEH is choosing to keep it out of pharmacy where it really belongs. Up until now, <laughs> patients have only been able to get the low THC oil from dispensaries around the state. They're not licensed with the DEA, the dispensaries. We are. Kat said it's a setback for families in need of cannabis oil for urgent medical reasons. Todd Heidel agrees. He works for a nonprofit called Peachtree Normal, which supports the use of THC for medical purposes. It's ridiculous. It's very frustrating. We have children that are sick, that need medicine, and need safe legal access. And in Georgia, it seems like every time we try to take a step forward, there's pushback. Patients are going to come into a pharmacy because they trust us, okay? They, they understand we are the drug experts. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that's funny that a pharmacist would uh, insist that the drug needs to stay in the pharmacy. It seems like a unique pharmacist perspective. There. Or, or be shocked when the DEA comes in and says, hey, uh, oh, that's federally illegal, I buddy. Know. My favorite quote was like, well, well, we're regulated by the DEA and, like, uh, uh, the dispensaries aren't. Yeah, well, why are you getting letters from the DEA? Uh, that exact reason. Yeah, and, you know, the dispensaries aren't protected either, having to do all their business in cash. Yep. And... Yeah, it's illegal everywhere, a point that we make frequently on this show. Yeah. It's gross. All your legal weed is illegal. Yep, yep, yep. That's why we got to just repeal the prohibition yes. and it's got to get off of the controlled substances act and then it could be free but until then the weed is not free it's uh still something that puts people's lives at risk every day unfortunately or at least you know all of their assets could be lost like this guy i mean he could lose his friggin job his life's work if he pushes against you know potentially I'll just say okay you want to keep pushing, buddy, playing this game? We'll take your license away. You can't be a pharmacist anymore. Awful. Yeah, sucks for everyone. But also, come on, buying your weed from a pharmacy, is that really what you want to do? No. No. In Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill waiving the license fee for those weed transporters. Now, this, of course, was a license exclusively available to social equity applicants and here's an extra bonus no license fee so whoa you know it's supposed to incentivize ma and pa license holders but come on what it does is invite more big fish to try and use straw men and get in there because ooh, no license fees that's a little ding dong bonus for them even though money's no issue for a lot of these uh multi-state operators mso's as they're referred to in the biz. As soon as it gets an acronym, bro. 
It's horrible. You know it's wrecked. Yeah. Well, imagine my surprise when the CIA rolled into town. The Cannabis Industry Association. You didn't <laughs> think that one out, guys. Right. Or maybe they did. Maybe they thought it out too well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul vetoed a bill which would have allowed hemp seeds to be included in animal feed. This is just ridiculous. What? Yeah. Oh, you know, God forbid there's trace amounts of THC in there and then it gets through to the human. The amount of paranoid schizo you have to be. There's been so many studies done on this from agricultural The hemp seed stuff is just crunchy granola hippie food. Yeah. It's like fucking Whole Foods bag of hemp seeds. Exactly. I was going to say you can buy hemp seeds for your kids to eat. Yeah. Just hemp seeds. Hemp seeds, hemp hearts, like. But livestock. Yeah. Too dangerous. Oh, cows. uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Somehow they're going to take those hemp seeds and turn it into THC and all of a sudden the beef is edible. Like you can skip the cow filter and go to the hemp seeds directly. Ah, these people are so fucking brain dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics sent a spokesperson by the name of Mark Woodward to Fox and Friends this week, and they were discussing the Chinese pot farms down in Oklahoma. I brought a clip. Well, during the the pandemic, uh, a lot of these criminal organizations linked back to China were recruited to Oklahoma, specifically through flyers and other information saying, come to Oklahoma, we're an open state, uh, cheap land, cheap license, loose regulations. I do want to say, in Oklahoma, there's over 9,000 licenses out there to grow, to cultivate weed. Mm -hmm. So they are, they're pretty loose. Make millions. And these were oftentimes spearheaded by entities like law firms and others that said, hey, for a price, we will get you a license. You just bring your group to Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And we've tied these groups to uh, directly to organized crime out of China that are also linked to not just uh, high-grade marijuana, uh, black market trafficking, but to homicides, labor trafficking, sex trafficking, worldwide money laundering. And we've also uh, tied some of these exact same farms that I just described to people uh, who are linked to the Chinese government to to threats that national security threats that have already been identified on the federal level, uh, linking some of these people back to Oklahoma farms over the last three years. 100% of the product from these farms is leaving in the middle of the night, going to warehouses where it's relocated uh, into trucks that are disguised as CCTV equipment. And then those semi-trucks are headed to places like uh, New Jersey and New York on a daily basis. Yeah, well, we know the Chinese, we have an 800% increase in Chinese nationals coming over the southern border. They're involved in the fentanyl trade. Now we know they're in the marijuana trade. We know they have secret police stations in our country and they're buying up land also using front groups um, as well. This is a very serious development. We really appreciate you, Mark, coming in and breaking it down for us so we can understand a little better about what's happening. It's not racist. It's a fact. She needed it broken down a little bit better. (laughs) But I didn't like her laugh tell when she was talking about secret police. Mm. Creepy. He didn't even touch on that. He wasn't like, and you know, the Chinese secret police wandering around America. That was on the don't mention bullet points, not the do mention. That's probably why she laughed. Uh, oh, yeah. Shit. She was like, uh, I mean, I, uh, I slipped it out or slipped it in. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just slip it in. It just slips right in. There it is. Ooh. Slips it in. <laughs> oh, and then. In South Dakota, of course, they've got a very limited medical program going on. 
And there was a dispensary that uh, left. They decided to give it up in one county. And only (laughs) one group applied to take its slot. And so obviously they won it. This was in Minnehaha County, South Dakota. I brought another clip uh, because you might have a guess as to who would apply for that slot and why when you know it's a money-losing game. Two months ago, a Genesis co-founder told us medical marijuana is not a profitable retail business because only 13,000 people in South Dakota actually have medical marijuana cards. So why is Shangri-La taking a shot? For one, it's a multi-state operation based in Missouri with dispensaries in seven other states. TJ Cameron is the local COO. Most MSOs enter markets assuming that they'll someday become recreational. The headquarters and home of our MSO is Missouri, but they operated successfully and profitably in multiple dispensaries in a medical market, and that's why we chose them as partners. Cameron hopes the Shangri-La dispensary will be open on April 20th. Yes, 420. Oh. And no, that's not a coincidence. Oh, really? <laughs> no way. They planned for it. The, the opening to be a 420? Yeah. Some more big fish, you know? Oh, my God. That's how it goes. This fucking Nilla wafer-ass motherfucker. Who is this guy? Ugh, some journo. Can you believe it's April 20th? Do you know what happens on April 20th? It becomes 420. 420. <laughs> Hello, fellow Americans. <laughs> yeah, Would you horrible. believe that that didn't happen by accident? And no, it was not an accident. They've planned it this way. <laughs> I felt like he really had to fill some time there. The yeah. pauses and everything. It is on April 20th. And that is 420. And no, <laughs> it is not a coincidence. Holy shit, filler. Did, did an AI write your script today, bud? And next, it's July 4th. We're going to celebrate, uh, get ready, y'all, the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And I got one final story from Do behind the curtain. Do you know the why curtain. they call it the 4th of July? <laughs> it happens on July 4th, that's why. <laughs> Just a uh, my informative news reporter here trying to teach you something new. The more you know. This was a story I had in my notes and missed last week. And C. Brooklyn 112 brought it to my attention. This is a great one. Some Wild West shit going on. Uh, there was a massive grow taken out in Tennessee. And <laughs> there was a search warrant, of course, uh, that had to be taken out first against a church on Highway 46 in Indian Mount because the neighbors started complaining about a smell. Uh-oh. A good smell if you're us, and a bad smell if you're these neighbors, apparently. Nosy Nancys. Anyway, sheriffs got the search warrant, and they started interviewing people that were coming and going from the church. And someone in there said, oh, yeah, the, they're growing hemp in there. Oh. Dumbass. Don't you know, shut the fuck up Friday every day. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Another tip-off to law enforcement was that the electric bill for this church was $3,000 a month Mm. with a high water bill. But they didn't say how high. But it was really high, according to the police report, if you believe everything uh, the cops say. They actually interviewed the water bill, and it was all like, wow, I am really high. So high. So how you get to say something about it? (laughs) So high, they specifically mentioned it was high. Yes. 
And so it says that there was an investigation and it took longer than expected uh, because they were concerned about the possibility of booby traps. <laughs> booby traps for the Lord. Big old booby traps in the church. That's right. Oh, my God. Can I have an amen? <laughs> She's got huge booby traps. And, and this is what I hate. That's all. They just leave it there. The possibility of booby traps made the investigation <laughs> take longer. Well, were there any booby traps? What kind of booby traps? I mean, I want to see like an axe swinging from side to side. I want to see some flames coming out of the wall. I want something real heavy to fall down on someone that steps on a little lever. But no, no details. Just the possibility of booby traps. You know, I'm just so sick of cops and their PR people inflating the scenarios that they go through. You know, the fentanyl and the weed, that's all inflation of their PRs. They're like, oh, we just got to get the media to pick this up. We want the bowlers to be talking about it. So we're going to say there were <laughs> like the headline, bait, isn't it? The headline, massive grow with booby traps discovered in Tennessee church. Well, excuse me, Mr. Journalist, but if you actually read the police report, it just mentions the possibility of booby traps. It's fucking bullshit, man. It is. And it was a fun headline. I got excited about it. They did <laughs> take a lot of weed, 2,000 plants, both dried and alive. That's how they described it. So for dried, I'm picturing like all these different branches that just haven't been trimmed, like the buds haven't been trimmed, and oh, they're yeah. counting each one as no, a plant. I can tell you what they're doing. They're picking the plant up by the stalk, and they're picking up all of the fucking dirt with the root ball in it and the pot that it's in, and they're throwing it on a goddamn scale. All of them. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't give weight this time. Yeah, they just gave that number. It's like, oh, and the live plants are even heavier, you know, and they got them all in the pots still and shit. Yeah, they're going to fucking do dirty shit like that. Mm-hmm. So this gave them, that number gave them the title of the largest grow in their county history. <laughs> Woo! So. Yes, sir, that is a lot of marijuana. But hey, I was just wondering if those church owners could claim religious defense here. Oh, yeah. Can they be a pot church? I mean, Tennessee is uh, not one of the 24 recreational states. That's no. for, for sure. Not even a medical state. It is, the, it is once again the hemp capital of America. Yes. Which it has historically been. You know, Tennessee and us Missourians have kind of battle traded off that honor throughout history as uh, the top hemp producers in the U.S. Yes, hemp for victory. And they are back at it. They are king right now once again. That's right. So, hey. The farm bill, like, started there. <laughs> when all of that passed, it was like they had the shit ready to go. I don't expect law enforcement to know the difference between hemp and weed. Maybe it was hemp. Sure. Maybe we'll hear more about this story. They look the same because it turns out they are the same. Yeah. Ugh. Funny how that works. Yep. Oh, but that's all I got for behind the curtain tonight. Wow. That was a fun wild ride there. Booby traps for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> she is She is stoned. Yes, that laugh is a stoner laugh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That laugh is a stoner's laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Doobie loving potheads. Uh, there's a bunch of them around the, these parts. Oh, man. Uh, I know a couple doobie loving potheads, but one of them is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker. Yeah, Rev. And he uh, brings to us each and every week 
a metal moment from the road, which is always greatly appreciated. And uh, we've got a new one. Would you like to hear how it goes? Please. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Coming together in Dallas in 2018, vocalist Lyric Noel and producer Russell Holler initially made waves with their 2020 debut single, To Hell With You. The track reached number one on the biggest rock station in North Texas for all of 2020. After numerous viral releases, it was no stretch that they would take on a Christmas song. Released in 2022, this is Lyric Noel, Carol of the Bells. It's a perfect song for a metal cover. Oh, yeah. Nice and energy. I, I love the lady screams. When a lady's got a strong metal scream, oh, man. It's my weakness. I love it. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that as well. And clearly so is the Rev. Appreciate you, Rev. You can follow him on No Agenda Social, at Rev Cybertrucker. Uh, also, he's in, in there giving us value. Week after week, bowl after bowl, and that's why he's in the split. Give yes. a piece to the... Piece of the boost to the old Rev there. Thank you, Rev. We much appreciate you. A most valuable bowler. No doubt. Speaking of valuable bowlers, I heard some pins fall quite a while back. Yes. In fact, uh, we did get a booster Rooney. Booster Graham. Booster Ram, as we call him. Uh, from C Dubs. C Dubs. C Dubs is back in the bowl there with some 6969 action. Oh, yeah. 69. 69, dudes. Yeah. And he says, uh, it's always giving season in the bowl. Oh. Yeah, don't we know it? <laughs> give and receive season. Um, well, you know, in order to give, there has to be a receiver. Yes. It's yeah. just how giving works. So it's value for value. You That's get right. the value, you put some back in, we give you more. 
Put a little more in. That's right. It keeps on keeping on. And he's boosting from Boost CLI, by the way. Oh, the most sovereign boost method. I don't fucking... I want to get on my umbral. Big sunglasses, uh, metal chain, backwards hat, baller is that, though. Write your own program and then boost from that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty baller. It's fantastic. Sovereign boost from C-Dubs. We appreciate you, brother. Boosting from Boost CLI. Uh, yeah, so we're talking to some callers, or we had hoped to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the first time they ever had to make that call. First time they ever had to make that call. And they've lived their lives in a certain way where they never had to make that call. Oh, no. Yeah. I think they make need to make the call now. Well, they, to could, the bowl. they could make the call to 816-607-3663. Uh, but maybe they've never had to. Mm. And it's not like they have to right now. Mm. Maybe a little jingle. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe a little, a little jingle. jingle. Uh, get him in the calling mood. We'll get him in the calling zone. Yes. Here's a song I got to sing about the very first time I ever did a thing. Gotta pick up the phone and let it ring, ring, ring. Tell about the time you first did a thing. Mom, Dad, I did a new thing. In the bowl. In the bowl. I got to cut that in the bowl part out. And just ISO it? Have it like by itself shooting off, yeah. In the bowl. It's a fantastic one. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is a game that we play every week. The first time I ever. Do you remember yours? Your first time you ever had to make that call? All I could think of was the first time I ever had to make that call was calling my midwife <laughs> the first uh, time. That I was in active labor. Mm. And I was in denial that I was in active labor. Let's be honest. I waited a long time to call her. I mean, four kids later, I'm still not exactly sure. Well, I guess that the active labor is when it's like, ooh, and the pushing starts coming in. But I couldn't even tell if I, <laughs> my body was pushing or not. I said that to her. It was like, well, my, when she got there, I said, well, uh-huh. my body is pushing. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, so you should have called me a while ago because she showed up and then Rayla was born. Yeah, you're walking and that's around I... like a uh, high noon cowgirl <laughs> yeah. with your legs twice as wide as your shoulders all bent over being like, no, it's not even that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in and out of the shower like, oh boy, is this ever going to end? Um, but I never had to make an emergency call in my life. Uh, the other call I thought of wasn't a call, but a text. And that was when I was in Oklahoma and had my heart broken, finding out on Mother's Day who my mom was. Yeah. <laughs> and I texted you. Yep. And you were like, oh, wow. And I was like, but we all, like, I kind of knew deep down inside that something was amiss. Yeah. I told you when I met you, I always thought I was adopted. Da, da, da. And I was. Wow. No, yeah, Intuition well. strong. It's like, maybe you are. I don't know. But yeah, so I was like, I kind of just met you. Like, I guess it's possible that maybe you are, though. Hey, I just met you, and this might be crazy, but I think I'm fucking adopted. (laughs) Also, I see ghosts, so you have to be cool with that. Or, like, at least I have seen them. Yeah, in massive two shits, land of the dead. And I'm having uh, babies at home. Oh, yeah. Things you need to know about me on the first date. (laughs) Oh, and The Labyrinth is my favorite movie, and it's by Jim Henson. I was like, okay. None of that scares me away. Um, but getting back to the first time I had to make the call, 
uh, I don't, so I had to make the call, right? Because I'm the one delivering the baby, but I think that you still made the call <laughs> for me. Probably. Because <laughs> I think I remember you saying, should I call Cheryl? And I was just like, meh, if you think so. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, whoa. Oh my goodness, sorry. Thunder. <laughs> Thunder on the lanes. Yeah, no doubt. Is that a boost coming through? Yes. Oh, I heard it faintly that time. 6969. Woo! Just hit us. 6969, dudes! From Booberry. Boobs. Mothman of the schemes up there in the mini oncolips. 6969 from Podverse, he says. Thank you, Lorian, for your input on the new show art template. Oh, you are most welcome, Booberry. The Before the Schemes show art is looking fantastic. I love it. Now in a CD case with a value for value price sticker and parental warning. Oh, oh. Very nice. Yeah. You know, Boobery, he comes with a warning. And uh, we were talking about booby traps earlier. Well, a Boobery trap is always a good one to fall into. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Trapped by a Boobery. Uh, well, thank you, Boobs. Appreciate your boost. Uh, Podverse. Was the source, if I didn't say that. Oh, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. First time you ever had to make that call. Yeah, well, I kind of got into it a little bit do, last week. Do the bowlers even know what a call is anymore? I mean, it's all texting. <laughs> it's all Maybe texting. that's the problem. Uh, I think a lot of them are into the toot thing. Oh, yeah. And makes boosting, sense, of I'm, course. I've been into the toot thing. Maybe we should have done first time you ever had to make that boost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you mine, though, because... I was already getting into it last week. Um, I was maybe 13, 14. I don't know. It was right before I got my permit. Wasn't permitted to be permitted. Didn't have any kind of drivers, anything. And my dad's old Ford Taurus. The ignition was kind of goofed up. The ignition lock was kind of goofed up where if you just kind of quickly, like you have muscle memory doing, throw it in park, take the key out and hop out of the car real quick. Like if you didn't pull it purposefully all the way back it would not fully lock the ignition wouldn't fully lock so you could get in the car and just turn the ignition as though the key was in it and it would still start <laughs> so i found this out and uh it was like the first opportunity that my parents were out of the house and i was home alone i hop in the car and turn it and sure enough like it was in that weird unlocked position start the car i'm like oh shit I get the car all to myself. Drive to the local Sonic. That's, you know, it's a small town Missouri shit. So the Sonic is always like seven minutes away from you or less. <clears throat> so I drive to Sonic, pull into a Sonic stall, turn the car off, almost reach over to push the red button and then go, oh, fuck. Because I turned the car off. Uh-oh. And I turned it off like all the way back off where oh, it did no. not stay unlocked. Like, I didn't just gently pull back on that thing. I was just, like, so intent on shutting the engine off that I locked myself out of the car at Sonic away from my house. I was like, oh, fuck. How do I get this thing going? I tried. I shit you not. I was so desperate. There was a plastic fork in the car, which I tried to jam down there to just get anything to work and get the ignition unlocked. Nope. No dice. I ended up just breaking a couple tines off in the ignition. So I knew at that point, like, shit, you're fucked, you know? 
I was like, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm officially fucked. Um, my only option is to call my dad. He was like, <laughs> uh, at least like 30 minutes away somewhere else, like in some other part of the city, you know, maybe further, 40 minutes, 45, whatever. He's a significant ways away, like the house of a family friend, you know, they were over there for some purpose, holidays or I don't know. Fun. Yeah. A visit, let's say. He had to like leave where he was and come <laughs> to my dumb fucking ass that stole the car. So I just like <laughs> got out of the car and walked home from there. <gasps> walked back to my house. And then he like brought the car home, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the dumbest things I've done. Yeah. Well, you know. That was an awkward call. That's an adventure though. He answered and was like, you know, hello. And I was like, dad. I did something real stupid. <laughs> well, and he immediately honest. was pissed off. And he's like, what? What was it? What, what was it? And I'm like, it was like, I fucked up. You know? Yeah, beating around the bush. I really messed up. And I'm sorry. And then I had to tell him what happened. And, oh, man, he was furious. Rightly so. He zoomed on back, got the car, and yeah, I got my fucking ass chewed. Hopefully a butt spank. Thrown around, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. You're kind of old for a butt spank. I, uh, yeah, I was in deep shit at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of when I say make that call. Although, oh. there's a lot of other scenarios, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, never have I ever found myself in deep shit where someone's got to come rescue me, make the call. Thank goodness. Knocking on wood. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had flat tires and stuff, and it's like, I can get out of that bind myself. There's a lot, though. Like, yours qualifies, too, is what I'm thinking of. It's just, like, the call you have to make but don't want to make. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I'm in denial about making this call. This is the last call I ever want to make. I have no choice but to make this call. Well, you know, it's vague, too. It could be any call. Yeah, maybe you didn't want to uh, talk to someone, but you had to. Maybe yeah. you... Whatever, I don't know. That's Bowlers right. usually are good at interpreting things in wildly different, entertaining ways, but tonight, the no show. That's true. Well, this is exactly why we don't let me make the F ties, we let C-dubs do it. That's right. Because he's way better at it. Uh, speaking of which, what's He said what's put up? it on the list, but I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe got a butt spank? <laughs> <laughs> First time I don't know if we've done that. I don't know. I don't think so. First time we ever got a butt spank. Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of a fun one. Oh, I think we did do it, actually, because I know I've told my story on here. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, let's put it on the consider list, but what else is on the list? I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. First time I ever experienced fight or flight. First time I ever shoplifted. First time I ever <sighs> got caught in a lie. Mm. First time I ever stole a car. First <laughs> time I ever stepped on a thumbtack. Yeah. Ouch. First time I ever plunged a toilet. First time I ever had dim sum. First time I ever went magnet fishing. First time I ever had cornbread, quiche, got waxed, Korean barbecued, exited a moving vehicle, almost died, bonked my head while wearing a hard hat, been shot at, shot in the ass, oh my God. had a recurring dream, licked a battery, put a pouch in my mouth, Put a sack in my mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, We've passed the one I wanted, but I can't think of it now. Oh, no. You want me to reread them? <laughs> Definitely not. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I don't know, man. The, the thumbtack one really sticks out to me. 
no pun intended, stepping oh, on a yeah. thumbtack. How about exited a moving vehicle? Oh, yeah, there's some great stories there. That's for sure. Okay, so uh, bowlers, you can catch up and tell us about the first time you ever had to make a call next week, if you think of it. I know, it can be hard to remember sometimes. Uh, but also, we want to hear about the first time you ever had to exit a moving vehicle. Just, you know, find your phone, pick it up, and dial 816-607-3663. Yeah. Maybe send a text. I and, think it's uh, uh, free now on the nights and weekends, so, it's, you know, it's a perfect <laughs> time. It's a perfect time of night. Yeah. Won't cost you anything. The late nights. Yeah, I guess that leaves us with only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. Oh, there was a man in Massachusetts who had suffered from cancer for a while and was finally uh, breathing his last breaths on his deathbed. And his daughter was with him. And he said, I've got something to tell you. And she was like, what, Dad? And he said, I am one of America's most wanted fugitives, and I've been on the run for more than five decades. And then he passed. And she was like, okay, that's a funny joke, Dad. You you know, (laughs) he gave her a name and said, this is my real name, and, you know, the authorities are looking for me. Okay, Dad, you changed your name, and the authorities are looking for you. Sure they are. Uh Uh-huh. And she said he was king of dad jokes. But then she did a little digging, and uh, his real name did pop up as one of the most wanted. Oh, my God. Because when he was 20 years old, he pulled off one of the biggest bank robberies in Cleveland history. Whoa. Yeah, he was a bank teller, and he casually walked out with $215,000 in a paper bag one day, never to be seen again. shit. Yeah. So in 2021, that would be about $1.7 million worth. Holy hot damn. Thanks, inflation. So, and of course, back then, you know, no security cameras and such. So the theft wasn't even discovered until a couple days later. And he already had a new identity and a new life going. Damn. So um, he told her that, and she wasn't quite sure what to do with the information. But there was a crime writer... That put the pieces together when his obituary was published. Dang. Someone who must have just been a nerd for this case. And they got a lot of podcast circles like that now. They sent the obit to a marshal who was would have been in that area of Ohio and, you know, heading the case. And just so happens that the marshal who received it, the tip, was the son of the original marshal who was looking for her dad back in the day. And he had passed, so he never got closure on this case. Uh, But his son gets to close it. (coughs) Wow. And so you read this exciting true crime story. You know, you read the article all the way through, only to find, and you kind of touched on this, it's just a fucking native ad for her podcast that she's created. (laughs) A true crime podcast? Except you don't have to listen because I just TLDR'd it for you. I mean, come on, I'm saving you countless hours. (laughs) Yeah, she talks to people who knew her dad and such. Like, her mom met her dad once all that money was spent. So Mm. her mom had no idea of his real identity either. 
That sounds like a fun potential rabbit hole, though. Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. definitely got uh, a lot, of, a lot to work with there. Yeah, and she was thinking back on her whole life, of course, looking at it with a new lens. Once that truth came out, I thinking, bet. Yeah, you know, there was one time when. She had a chance to go to France with a, a class. Oh, yeah. And if her parents chaperoned, it was less expensive. So she asked them to, and her dad immediately said, ah, oh, now nah, I'll stay home with the cat. But you girls have fun. And so only her mom went, and she go, thought, that's weird. I guess maybe he just doesn't like traveling. But Damn. he didn't have a passport. Right. And if Couldn't he got get one, right. caught <laughs> there with fake identities, well, mm-hmm. that's the end of that. Yep. And then the second time was more recent in her life when she suggested doing one of those uh, spit on the swab and send it into a company for the DNA test about your heritage. Mm-hmm. She goes, Dad, I think we should do this. And he was like, that's weird, sending your DNA to a company. I'm not going to do that. I just don't see the point of it. Based dad. And she was like, you know what, Dad, you're right. That is a little weird. I never really thought about it. And now she's doing a lot of thinking about it because imagine that result. She would have had a whole family she didn't know about and a whole man as her dad that she didn't know was her dad. Yeah. So good work. That's what I have to say about it. He made it through. He made it the whole way. He made every right decision, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To make it through to the end. Almost took the secret to his grave. Just but then strolling was like, out with a bag, you know? You know no, what? Nobody hurt. <laughs> yeah, no one hurt. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild, yeah. Bonus strike. That's a full turkey. So, next story is also about a dad. Uh, and this is in Massachusetts once again. Wow, two mass stories rolling down the lanes tonight. Mass dads. This guy was celebrating his 42nd birthday at the Kowloon Restaurant, which I've never been to, but they've had some, I think they do a lot of comedy acts there, like stand-up acts and such. Okay. I know um, Jerry Seinfeld has performed there. Ooh. <laughs> Just to name names. <laughs> no big deal, but Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> did a set there. <laughs> yes. Just to show the... You know, um, level of acts they can hire get there at the Kowloon. You know Seinfeld. He was in the TV series Seinfeld. uh, As a teenager and younger, it was um, out of my grasp. I think it's also probably (laughs) 21 plus shows most of the time. Sure. And, you know. All the fun ones are. I I was able to sneak into a few, but uh, comedy wasn't (laughs) really my scene back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So more into anime. Anyway. So this guy is having a great time at his party, and he knew he was going to have a good time, so he had to walk to a bus after to go home. He planned ahead. That's smart. But he tripped when he was in the parking lot and fell, and he injured himself fatally. Oh, God. Because he landed on his necklace, which was a dagger. Oh, my God. It was an edgy dagger necklace. Edgy? And he landed just right. Double got her, dude. And it killed him. Yeah. (laughs) Falling on the sword. Total freak accident. Literally. On his birthday party. Well, that's That's when it's going to happen, bro. You've got to be careful on your birthday. You leave your dagger necklaces at home. It's very easy to go a little too far. 
I did get a little giggle, though, over a 42-year-old man with this gothic uh, dagger necklace. Yeah. I thought about all the things you could use it for, like opening the mail and, yeah. you know, you'd probably even picking locks with it. It's quite, I mean, it's a necklace, picking so it's the, small. the gunk out of your fingernails. Yeah, like a toothpick dagger. Yeah, good luck getting on a plane with it, but, but you oof, know, whatever. Just pierced the right spot, I guess. God, that's awful. Yeah. That's just a big oofta, man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the family's come out. And said it was a freak accident. They have the GoFundMe and everything. And they've already raised beyond their goal for him since the media picked up the story. Uh, but the Wong family, which owns the restaurant, is begging the public not to jump to any conclusions. And they have to say so legally for their own sakes because just two weeks ago there was a death that occurred there after a violent brawl broke out on the eve of Thanksgiving. Oh, no. It wasn't uh, Pilgrims versus Indians all over again, was it? No, no, it was more like Clowns versus Pirates. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yar. More modern, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, there were some 19-year-olds that got in and got wasted and started some shit, it seems like. I see. Just a ruckus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's videos all over the place. And if you watch the Boston News channels, <laughs> there's one lady in particular, I should have clipped it, but... She goes, yeah, I saw the brawl on TV, and all I thought was, oh, the Kowloon, I haven't been there in a while. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're like, hey, can you guys start some shit outside? Like, Thanksgiving's coming up. That's the problem. It uh, wasn't outside. They were inside doing a lot of property damage. uh, Yeah. They're like, we try our best to keep it 21 plus, but sometimes they slip in. Sometimes you get the uh, occasional 19-year-old. Yeah. You know, that's the only time I've had a bad time at a bar was when I was underage and I went too far on the drinkage. But if I didn't kill anyone or start a brawl, I just puked everything on <laughs> outside on the patio. Just a nonviolent puker. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little buffalo backwards. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Anyway, also might be horrible if you are babysitting your grandson's dog and it gets stuck somewhere in the house and you cannot save it. Oh, no. Yeah. Cannot save it. Yeah. So you have to call. You have to make that call, right? no. Yeah. South Carolina grandmother was watching Spike. Oh, God. A hound dog. And um, he sniffed out some mischief and got himself stuck in the dryer vent. Now, I'm not exactly sure how this happened because, or, or like how he moved from the dryer vent but the pictures of him are so pathetic. His head is sticking out of the side of the oh, house. yeah, definitely. And he is just totally stuck. And this grandma had no idea what to do, so she called the authorities. Well, can you pull the picture up again? Oh, yeah, sure. I posted it in the chat for oh, all the bowlers to see solid. in live time. Yes. Maybe I can put it in the chapter art. This poor boy. Yeah. I am uniquely qualified to speak on dryer vents. It's true. Having uh installed and repaired them for a living at some point in my life. And uh, yeah, this is the perfect spot to get a hound dog's head stuck because the ideal dryer vent is just on an outside wall exactly like this, and it goes straight into the dryer on the other side of the wall. And it's a four-inch hole. That four-inch hole is the perfect size for his head to go in, but then Not just, come get, out. just get bunched up on right behind his jaw. So he's probably just running backwards in place. 
but I've been in the same <laughs> looking at that fucking hole in the siding, man. I've seen that view. He just looks so pathetic. He does, yeah. Well, he is so pathetic right there. St- yeah. Stuck in the wall. Man, I I was hoping it wasn't a fatality. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. The authorities came. <laughs> Thank God. And, you know, the fire department, whoever, they were able to widen the dryer vent opening so that he could pull his head back inside. Mm. But it took them a little over an hour. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do. It's tough when he's stuck in there. Because you can't really cut the hole bigger. Yeah. And they figured it out. Well, I just got to grease him up and send him the other way, man. Now they're going to, yeah, have Get to. Get some Vaseline on it. Call someone like you to come fix it. Oh, the hole's probably fine. Oh, yeah? You think yeah. the dryer vent's really fine still? The dryer vent, I don't know. He might have just poked the cover of the outside off of it, or they might have gotten there and pulled it off. I don't know about that. If it's a dryer vent on a siding that's this old, on a house that's this old, it's probably just one of those shitty tin dryer vent covers. Oh, yeah. And if you push from the inside, that fucker's coming off because <laughs> it's just held on there by two galvanized nails. Well, that's what he did. Yeah. He smelled something good outside. Squirrel. Calling it. Yeah, there was no stopping that boy. It's true. He's still a good boy, though. Yeah. Oh, there was a lady who was ordering a burrito at a slightly higher than fast food chain restaurant that needs no chilling from us. And when the food reached the cashier and she was checking out, she said it looked disgusting. And she decided she didn't want it. Or she wanted it to be remade. Either way, total altercation broke out. And she ended up throwing the burrito at the cashier, who had nothing to do with making it, I'm guessing, because that's how the line typically works at these places. Yeah, man, you want the line cook, man. Yeah. Or the sandwich artist, or what? I don't know who makes a burrito. Well, this Ohio woman who threw that burrito at the cashier's face, she's 39, first of all, so throwing a tantrum like that is lame. Yes. She was found guilty of assault. For hurling the burrito. And she was sentenced to six months in jail. But the judge said he would give her 60 days of jail time served if she agreed to work 20 hours a week at a fast food restaurant for two months. Ah, get a taste of what it's like. That's right. And she said she would. Nice. Yeah. It sucks. Working fast food really blows, dude. (laughs) Yeah. That was my. It builds character, though. Everyone should have to do it, like while they're a shitty teenager or yeah. like twenty, early twenty something. Maybe I don't know. If my builds... kids can just start apprenticing and doing cool shit, I'd rather them do that than waste their time. But yeah, it does teach you some humility for sure. On the other side of things, <laughs> when you just know, like you hear that beeping, you're like, oh, they're backed up. Oh, they're fucked. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, let's get those times down. Let's get those times down. Yes. Yeah, I'm wondering if she's going to get paid for the work. Then it's like a bonus. Yeah, you had to do some shitty work, but hey, you got paid for your time. Yeah. Maybe she'll get paid in burritos. (laughs) (laughs) You usually do get paid in burritos. Yeah. If you work at a burrito joint. Well, in uh, a certain airport, the Bangkok airport, a man was banging his cock against something that he wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, 22-year-old dude, dude, (laughs) Taiwanese dude, uh, walking up, and the security guard was a little suspicious of him because he saw a prominent wobbling bulge below his waist. 
<laughs> I mean, shit just really moving around in those <laughs> pants. And you thought, oh, we got to check that out. All right. We're going to have to send him through the extra special x-ray. Yeah. And do you know what the man had in his pants? Some sort of uh, animal he was smuggling? <laughs> wow, you're good at this. <laughs> this two, ain't my first lanes. Two otters and a prairie dog. Whoa, and he, two otters <laughs> and a prairie dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dig this. He had them stuffed into black socks. He shoved the animals in socks, and then he taped them inside oh. his boxer shorts. Oh. And then in his pants. Because, you know, I mean, he's Asian, so he's got plenty of room in there to spare. <laughs> oh, God. Shots fired. My stereotypes are based in reality. It's not racist. It's fact. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway. Right. I'm with you so far. <laughs> he had bought them at a market during his travels, and he didn't want to leave them behind. Uh-huh. Uh, but he was arrested and charged. And then the animals were handed over to the Department of National Parks and uh, Wildlife and Plant Conservation, where they were, and I quote, treated by the Wildlife Conservation Office. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they were released into the wild to live a better life. I don't know if they were in a place where they're not allowed. Maybe they're pests. So maybe they were just, you know, put down. <laughs> or I don't know if maybe they were rehomed. I hope they were released to some uh, fucking type shit. <laughs> yeah, tune in the chat and nailed it. It's a it's a Taiwanese uh, Christmas carol. <laughs> My true love gave to me two <laughs> otters and a prairie dog. Fa la la. Fa ra 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 ra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the twelfth day December, my true love gave to me. Oh Two otters <laughs> in black socks and a prairie dog. With extra, with extra re, clearly. Oh, definitely. That would have been uncomfortable, I think. Not uh, just for the animals. Yeah, for everyone involved. I saw the claws on those motherfuckers. The guys that found it, the guy whose ween was in the line of fire. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's always airport animal smugglers. Ah, just... They make their way to the lanes. You know, the, uh, it's a weird industry. It is. It's a hot industry. Yeah. I think. It's, there's too much money in it. How is there guess. so much fucking money in it? That's incredible. Well, Bullshit. because the animals are only in one place and not in the other. Yeah, I guess. And if you sense. take them to the place where they don't belong, then, oh, they're exotic and can be sold for large sums of cash. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I, uh, you know, the chickens and dogs are enough for me. I and the bolets and wolf cubs, cripes. Heartily agree. You don't want to be the fucking Tiger King, dude. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Uh. You also don't want to be uh, the guy that gets sick on a cruise. This story goes all the way back to 2015. Around about Thanksgiving. Okay. When a professor of psychiatry at the University of California, uh, San Diego, fell ill on a cruise with severe stomach cramps. So they took him to a clinic in Egypt. The Egyptians couldn't help him. They flew him to Germany. And the doctors were slightly more helpful. They found that he had a grapefruit-sized abdominal abscess filled with a bacteria, uh, quite virulent. Uh, I will try to read the name. Acinetobacter baumani. And this bacteria is found in the sands of the Middle East and resistant 
to pretty much all antibiotics. Uh, it's been nicknamed the Iraqi Bacter because they talked about soldiers being injured um, by explosive devices and they would live through their injuries of the explosion and then succumb to this bacteria that infected the injuries. Horrible. Terrible. So it wasn't looking for this guy. Good for this guy. He got medevaced to San Diego, basically to die surrounded by his loved ones. Sure. Uh, but his wife was the Associate Dean of Global Health Sciences wow. at UCAL San Diego. Yeah, convenient, right? Stroke of luck. And he was, uh, his organs were failing. He couldn't talk. He was basically a vegetable. And she was holding his hands and she asked him, uh, you know, hey, you got to give me a sign if you want to live. And she said he squeezed her hand so tight that she thought, I got to fight for him. Mm. Which, wow, were you really not thinking that beforehand, lady? Sometimes you need a squeeze, you know? I guess. To get your head straight. So she had an idea. Okay, the antibiotics aren't working. What about phages? You know, these viruses that nature makes to eat bacteria specifically. Okay. What about him, right? Yeah, what she... about him? I've, this is the first I'm hearing of him. Oh, you didn't learn about him in biology class? Phages? Phages, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I kind of briefly remember. We it's all the blur. curtain. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I definitely true. learned about the cotton gin. And the, uh... <laughs> Did you hear about it in social studies or history? Yes. Exactly. Uh, so she convinced some phagey scientists around the country to hunt and peck through molecular haystacks of sewage, bogs, ponds, other gross places that were breeding grounds for bacteria. The poo-poo. Uh, along with their viral opponents here, the phages, uh, and hoping to find a few that could fight this antibiotic-resistant bacteria specifically. Okay. As it literally ate her husband alive. And what really amazes me about this story is that, obviously, when it comes to these uh, compassionate trial ideas, you have to get the FDA to green light it. And she did with one <laughs> phone call. That is almost the opposite of making that call or a better version of making that call. Oh, yeah. It's like an elite has access to make that call. It, it, yeah. So she picks up the phone. She calls the FDA. She okay. says, you know, I got to try. My husband's dying and I mm-hmm. want to try something. The phages. I want to inject them into him. And the person on the other side of the phone says, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll push it through for you. There's a doctor that has been fighting for over five years for end-of-life patients to be able to try psilocybin mushrooms just to come to terms with their death. Yeah. And he's being kicked through the court system. Anyway. Well, you know, two-tier, a little two-tier action. mm, Yeah. But, But he's a doctor. You know, doctors are like scientists. Maybe okay. not a professor, but fuck. Was he the president of some big time money going through? Obviously hands? not. <laughs> or he could have just made the call what, and gotten the green yeah. light. What kind of cocktail parties is he throwing? <sighs> What's he driving? So anyway, she gets these phages in a matter of days because the lady at the FDA knows someone in the Navy <laughs> who gets involved with the research office who can just pick and poke these phages out of wherever they need them. And... You know, three weeks later, they had a purified mixture that went through labs to intravenously inject into her husband. 
and it saved his life. Damn. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Now, it's been eight years since that story happened, and you don't learn this until the end of the CNN article. Oh, God. He has had some complications. He's got diabetes and he's insulin dependent with mild heart damage and gastrointestinal issues that affect his diet. Mm. But I'd say that's maybe a small price to pay for your life. They also mentioned in there that he had the coof. And so I was wondering um, if some damage was done from some other injections he might have gotten. It's hard never to, know. Hard, hard to say. You know, and diabetes, you get it any day from anything, I guess. You know, you ate too much ice cream. Now you're diabetic. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. With all the pre-diabetes diagnoses they're giving out, that's the way it feels. Oh, we're all pre-diabetic from birth. Exactly. Hopefully. But you know what this article was really about? What? It reminded me of the daughter whose dad had a deathbed confession. This lady has written a book about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's all just a sales pitch. Just a freaking ad. All cash, baby. They save it for the end. Oh, no. I would rather journalists be transparent and say, you know, this professor and scientist and doctor and whatever the fuck else credentials she has, licenses that she's purchased, has published a book about saving her husband's life. You know, start me off with the cell. Like, because yeah. then I'm not going to click it. Put the ad in the lead. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Or maybe I want to buy the book and then I click right into it. But no, I don't. I was going to say. I only read value for value publications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I can't uh, rob a cartoon character with a cartoon knife to get it, then what's the point? Exactly. Oh, there might not have been a point to a garden decoration at a Welsh home. Oh, it had been there since the late 1800s. And the 77-year-old owner of the house said, well, you know, I bought this place 41 years ago, and I asked the previous owner about this object in the garden, and they just said, well, it's been here for decades, since the late 1800s, in fact. It kind of looked like a garden gnome. But you know what it was? What was it? A live bomb. Live naval missile oh, that had been fired from a warship and was right next to the house in the garden. Probably want to get that thing out of there, huh? Yeah. Well, that's what a cop said one day. He looked at it and thought he recognized it and said, uh, you know, I think that we need to call the bomb squad. <laughs> and they did. And they told the owner what it was. And he thought, well, shit, I guess you should do something with it. So... Uh, it weighed 64 pounds, and they took it to a nearby quarry and detonated it. So it was taken care of. But hey, it was, was safely at the house for hundreds of years. <laughs> so there's that. Little over 100 years. Anyway, uh, in Wisconsin, there is a story that harkened back to Elaine's story from episode 224 of Bull After Bull. And this is a woman who was getting an MRI. And uh, how does the MRI work? Magnets. So what do you not want to bring into the MRI? Your handgun. Yeah. And, you know, the doctors asked, hey, you don't have anything on you that are, that's going to be activated by the magnets, right? Or attracted to the magnets? You know, like metal? Yeah. And she said no. And they said, do you have any weapons on you? And she said no. Oh, my God. And then the machine turned on. I don't. I don't get why they don't just wand people down who are going to get in an MRI machine. You know what I mean? Right, like, because it's putting the workers at risk, too. And you're 
big expensive equipment at risk. Like, oh yes, most importantly, you would think that insurance would just require you to wand people down and metal detect them rather than just trust them at their word that they don't have nothing on them. You know, I feel like I hear too many stories of that going wrong. Yeah. Last time I was a Brazilian man, he was shot and killed by his gun going off in the MRI. Now we've got Wisconsin woman. <laughs> oh, no. And MRI goes on. Her gun goes flying and uh, hits the magnet, fires a shot, hits her right in the right butt cheek. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. Yeah. You know, it only uh, penetrated the subcutaneous tissue. But still, shot in the ass for acting like an ass. Was it worth it? <laughs> Don't think so. Dumb. Got lucky, though. Damn. Yeah, she did get lucky. I bet she will not make that mistake again. Yeah. Say, oh, I don't know. Fuck. Get the gun off you before you go to MRI, man. Jesus. Yeah. Well, creeps. And just going into a hospital setting in general is like, you have no rights there. Yeah. So try to just minimize the risk associated with you being an American that's finger wag free. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Send your bag home with someone you trust. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, a woman picked out the perfect Christmas tree, got it home to her Texas home, and, you know, decorated it, was having a night when she turned around and heard a sneeze coming from the tree. Now, she's got three dogs and a cat to preface it. Okay. So she thought, well, you know, maybe one of the cats is in the tree or something. Yeah. But she, when upon further inspection of the tree, she brought home a wild animal, a possum, <laughs> just hanging out in her tree. Oh, Possums are fucking ugly, man. They are. And surprisingly, this one didn't play dead. She put on some rubber gloves and tried to just pick him up off the tree, but he wouldn't let go of the tree. So she said she had to pluck his fingers individually one at a time from his <laughs> grasp on the tree. <laughs> oh, my God. What a goofus. Oh, yeah. And then she dropped him, of course, and he like ran under her sofa, and she had to tackle him like a football player. <laughs> but she said, well, luckily, it wasn't mean or aggressive. It didn't bite her. And she was able to get him outside safely. So all's well that ends well. The only context in which I've enjoyed possums is in that uh, I'm a Pearl Ladies videos. Oh, she's wonderful. She's hilarious. Yeah, she makes some great possum clips and videos. But uh, no. No, they are ugly. Yeah, they freak me out, man. Yeah, well, this one time. Our dog picked up a possum and then it played dead. And I thought the dog killed it because for one, you know, three seconds long enough, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that uh, they're playing possum. Dirt, dirt, dirt. And so I went from three seconds of, oh my gosh, you can't. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then I just threw it with a shovel over the fence. <laughs> oh, this was ages ago. Back in the duplex. Anyway, for my last lane story tonight. I brought a clip, and this one's also from Texas. Okay. How about a little holiday surprise 
I came around the corner here and I thought, wow, what's happening? An enormous inflatable Santa Claus is getting locals excited for Christmas time in Holly Tree. People use the blow-ups, but they'll have uh, small ones. But not this one, and it's sure to turn heads. We're told it's been up for about a week now. Who decided to put it up? Well, that's a mystery. Nobody lives on this lot, so we don't know who installed Santa. But isn't that fun? Isn't it a fun thing to have in our community? Regardless, it's certainly a hit, especially for children. I was shocked when I first saw it. Um, and I thought it was so big. Since being put up, some kids cannot go a day without seeing it. My family and I like to drive by it at night. Others think it's a big welcome sign for the real Santa on December 25th. He's definitely coming to our neighborhood and he's never going to miss my house. Yeah. That's right. A giant Santa inflatable pops up out of nowhere. Well, you know, everyone was wondering about who put it there. I'm guessing whoever owns the lot and pays for the electricity. Mm. But that's just a guess. I'm not crazy about the inflatables. I think they're tacky. Yeah, uh, blow molds are better. Oh, yes. The classic blow molds, of course. Yeah. Blow molds are definitely better. What? We had this guy, Mr. Christmas. He'd always set up a crazy, uh, elaborate scene every winter. And uh, he'd have like his workshop that would be Santa's workshop and little moving kind of animatronic elves in there and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Does he still do it? No, he oh, no. passed away like at least a decade ago, I think. Oh, R.I.P. Mr. Christmas. Yeah. And uh, R.I.P. to this episode here. Another one in the books. Thanks for bowling along with us, bowlers. Join us next Tuesday and the Tuesday after that and the Tuesday after that and the Tuesday after that for another one here at stream.bowlafterbowl.com or on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Right around 9 Central, we take over the stream from DH Unplugged. Until next time, I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I will remain Dame DeLorean. Get your calendar entries in, man. Until next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. I know you're half retarded. I called the police. I love confrontation, bro. I fucking savor it. You know, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You act like a little child, okay? I'm never, ever, ever gonna smoke weed again. Little bowl after bowl guy? Bowlafterbowl.com. Listen, we may be a little high, 